I ate meat today and yesterday and the day before. I made some shit happen today. I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody about it, but I did. Okay. Massachusetts public restrooms were on high alert today. Okay. <laughs> ride home. All righty. My man had meat shits. Are you getting yourself ready for our show? Everybody, jigs and bigs. This week we got your fall fishing fix. Uh, we actually without meat shits. We're gonna leave that part out of it. Uh, I did some uh, some bank beating on my own, and I managed to actually beach 22's first bronze back. I'm feeling pretty good. We'll talk about that. Uh, Sean had his annual fishing and camping trip. Uh, we got some news from our friends over at Three Bells Outfitters that you're definitely gonna want to hear. Just a tip this week. We're talking about handling difficult outdoors situations and people. This episode's FTG is yet another unruly dog owner. Guys, put a leash on it, please. And uh, final Jigs and Bigs tourney of 2022 is currently underway, and scoring has been wild. Our bait of the week this week, we've got the uh, Booyah Pad Crasher. So we're talking topwater frogs. We have uh, uh, we, we wind the show up this week with an interview with uh, local competitive angler and YouTuber. Um, I, I, would, I would say probably... Uh, probably... Um, Unwilling YouTuber, <laughs> but he's he's good at what he does, and he doesn't give himself nearly enough credit. Bill Galakis coming up in segment number three. Time to pull your socks up, guys. We got so much good show for you. We're gonna have slap you so hard uh, that your mother's actually gonna feel it. Go ahead, grab yourself something delicious. We'll be right back with more right after this. have a packed house tonight for the jig heads official live stream exclusive it's happening they're watching on youtube we got jerry multi-species house with us we got fishing the sticks we got chrissy fishing we got gravy fishing we got chris pendergast we got we got uh, lauren from three bells outfitters with us i managed to throw a comment in there oddly uh who else do we have we got uh, chris chris i know we got vidal back with us and i think i'm did i mention gravy i mentioned gravy i think that's everybody that's been commenting so far we got a ton of people watching so Hopefully you guys are ready for a good show. I think we have an amazing show for you guys. Um, Sean, welcome back to uh, sanity and uh, and 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 four uh, uh, rigid walls. Um, it's, is it good to be back? Who's, number one, who said I was sane? Number two, I slept in a trailer. Oh, you that did sleep in a trailer. Walls. Yeah. Oh, I I, fair enough. I brought I brought my tent just in case. Yep. Uh, I I have slept in my tent a little more this year with outings with camping outings and i have in previous years yeah um i got a couple of tent trips in this year but no it, it worked out man we we, nice. we we had a good time um 
Do you want me to talk about it right now? You want to go get in your? What do you want to do here? We're, My week know? was so lackluster. I'll just get mine out of the way. Uh, there was one specific thing because we'll, we'll follow up. Like my, you know, my fishing this week was lackluster. I actually had a great week in total. Um, I had gone out earlier this week, did a little bank send, got the skunk. Man, remember? I think I talked to you and I said, you know, I could not get these fish to bite anything. Like there was, and I tried, you know, and I tried and tried to give about like two and a half, three hours on a little bank send couldn't get a bite at all and then uh on friday well actually let me back up thursday i got a call from uh my my buddy paul and he said uh he says yeah he's like I, I, i'm going to see uh, judas priest in Queensryche. i'm taking tomorrow off you want to go fishing and i said yes let's do that let's do that and and the plan was i said if uh depending on when the when the rain kind of stops is when we will go and uh, we'll either take the kayaks if the rain stops early enough. If it doesn't, we'll just go and we'll, we'll hit the bank. We'll go for a little hike. So we went to a spot where we knew where there were some trails and uh, did a little bit of fishing. He caught on uh, caught the first one, um, and it was actually right at a spot where we have this week's FTG, like where it all went down. So he caught the first one of the day. We went over to uh, another couple of spots, and uh, and one spot that's actually proven to do pretty well for me, um, even uh, especially with smallmouth i actually caught my my pb smallmouth over there uh i managed to catch uh uh, one small smallmouth and it's the first one of 2022 i just haven't fished a lot of water where there's smallies so that's been kind of a, a pain in the ass but got a little one on there and it's species number four for that little six cents popper i've been throwing around like it's, You've been killing it with that thing. It really, yeah, man. It's been great. You know, I, I'll, I'll take it. I love it. You know, it's it's hands down, I think, the best sound in the fishing world. I've always said it's like a tie between like a buzzbait and a popper. I think there's just something so fun about that popper, that bloop, you know? My favorite sound in the fishing world is... Uh. Okay. Okay. Uh, kind of weekend it's been. <laughs> I'm gonna go and then roll over. So I'm glad that we got out Friday because Saturday was not gonna fly. There was just really no time for me to get out and do any real fishing on on Saturday. I had an event that was uh, kind of like late afternoon or early afternoon, and uh, had some setup and stuff I had to do for that. So I got all that together. It was a real good event. It was a birthday party, and uh, we did a little game show. Had a bunch of fun. These were these are trivia regulars for the most part. Good good time. Had a blast and uh and then i wrapped up that evening coming home and dude locally man i was really surprised you know one thing we've talked about food a lot on this show probably ad nauseum and get ready we're about to talk about some more oh my god so i had uh i had called my wife upon leaving this show or leaving this this event and i said to her i go uh you know i'm on my way i said have you considered you know she actually texted me first and said what do you want to do for dinner so i don't know i'm game for anything she goes you know what She's like, I'm up open for anything. And I, I don't know if this is, I, I always joke about this, that all women are have this mentality of like, I don't know what I want to eat, but nothing's the right answer. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, and this is absolutely the case. So I said to my wife, I go, let's start like, 
let's start from what you're not in the mood for. I'm like, we did this recently. We did this recently. We did this recently. Are you thinking this? Is there anything you just don't want? She's like, you know, I, I don't want to do like sandwiches, anything like that, grinders or anything. I said, okay, that's fine. She she said, made the call. She goes, you know what? Let's, let's get pizza. You're near Red Rose. Why don't you go by Red Rose and get some of their pizza? Well, it's like 6 p.m. And I'm calling Red Rose and it's busy. And I'm like, it's going to be busy for a while. So I made the call and I said, you know where we haven't done pizza from in a while is Milano's. Ooh, there you go. Chicken staple. Staple. And fan- it's still great, man. I haven't had their pizza in, in years. And uh, we stopped by and we got a, a couple of different pies. And it, it's absolutely fantastic. Really, really great. So um, Sunday, my plan was initially to go fishing. That was until Friday evening when my wife said, oh, we have a reservation at 11 for the hip-hop brunch at Jackalope in Springfield. Now, Jackalope is a pretty amazing restaurant. This is my first time going. I've known about the menu. I've known about like the style of place. I think I, you should look into this place, Sean, and see if it'll, if it'll work for you. The food is out of this world. Um, so they do this thing. I don't know if it's every Sunday or if they rotate like certain Sundays have different themes, but hip hop brunches, they have a DJ come in that plays a bunch of like hip hop and rap music and the, the, the brunch menu, which is out of this freaking world. So we go in and this is how I spent my day. Today. <laughs> uh, we go in and we look at, you know, we, we get there a little bit early. We're sitting in the car and, and my wife says, um, uh, are, are you ready? Should we go in? And, and for those that are listening to the show and don't understand what type of city Springfield, Massachusetts is, something upon getting out of my vehicle summed it up perfectly. Um, when I say stripper heels, Sean, you know what I'm talking about, right? I see you wearing them every week. Yeah, no, all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, when, when I say stripper heels, I'm talking about those like ridiculously high, like, all, they're made to look like glass, they're like clear acrylic high heels. I got out of my truck and I turn around to lock the door, and right at my door, I can't believe I didn't trip on them, was a pair of stripper heels lying in the street. <laughs> what the actual fuck possibly could have happened there? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Welcome to Springfield, folks. Welcome to Springfield. So. Uh, let's go a little bit further. We we go in, we sit down, and, and my wife says, you know, yeah, let's go grab, a, grab a, a brunch drink. I said, okay, cool. So we're looking at, and you know, the hip-hop brunch, like some of the themes and appetizers are kind of themed. Like it was a, a, a Biggie Smalls Bloody Mary, you know, stuff just- like that. I was just going to ask, what biggie item is there? Because there's got to be a biggie. There's definitely. Item. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm like, and I was, I, I normally like, if I'm doing a brunch or something like that, or I'm going to have like a, a morning cocktail, it's generally going to be like some kind of a coffee drink, or it's going to be a Bloody Mary. I love a good Bloody Mary, like a creative Bloody Mary, you know? And uh, I decided that, um, I decided what I would do is instead go for they have a, a deal where it's it's not like a bottomless mimosa, but it's a it's a mimosa where basically it's like whatever the the price was, and then there was an upcharge where you could go to a higher tier. I'll tell you what that higher tier was in a moment. Um, and they bring you uh, per person that decides to do this at your table. They bring you a bottle of champagne on ice, and then they bring you your choice of juice. Now, traditionally, a mimosa is OJ. Um, I'm not really like an OJ guy, so I chose guava. Wow, what a move! Right. What a move! My wife 
chose pineapple juice. Awesome. Even better. And actually, the two work well together. We upgraded our champagne to Snoop Dogg Cali Gold. Now, I work in the events industry. I've had a lot of bad glasses of champagne at weddings and stuff like that. I mean, that's generally like what the the industry puts out for those like, you know, that that midnight champagne toast that you're getting. You're not getting good champagne there. Uh, This was really nice. It was like enjoyable. So much that your boy and his wife, we each put down an entire bottle of champagne. uh, And then we... (laughs) We also may have uh, enjoyed some of, uh, of Grampy's uh, sleepy time medicine as well uh, before getting there. So we were a mess. <laughs> <laughs> like shortly after noon, um, we came home. Now, let me tell you about the, the entrees. So we ordered, they had a bone marrow appetizer, right? Love bone marrow. Comes out with these, uh, these funky, like, uh, I want to call them like... Uh, uh, I can't think of the name. Can you say Uber? No, 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 no. There was no. We were we weren't that bad, Lauren. We were not that bad, but it was pretty bad. It was bad enough where I came home and took a nap until four o'clock. Um, so it was it was that bad. But uh, we had uh, so we did this bone marrow, and it was out of this world. My wife was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a trial. See what happens." She's like, "I just don't think I like the texture." I was like, "Okay, cool." We had a uh, meat and cheese plate. A bunch of amazing uh, cold cuts and great cheeses, pickles and olives and stuff. Delicious. Little little charcuterie board, if you will. And then we, uh, we, uh, we well, what did she get? She ordered the chicken and waffles. She's always about the chicken and waffles. But your boy went duck hash. Oh. Yeah. Duck hash with eggs. And it was out of this freaking world. So what they do with this duck hash and the, the, the server that was with us was amazing. He was like, so he goes, they just took the, the confit and they're, they're taking all the confit off the bone. Uh, right now they're like so it's like soup this is legit like it's super fresh and uh so they take all this duck confit and have you ever had duck confit sean i have not so duck confit is where they take duck legs and then they they basically like cook them in duck fat and then they'll you know bring it down to temp and they take all this off they take that they take the shredded potatoes they put it all together and make a hash and you get like these potatoes have like these little tiny like crispy edges along them from the duck fat just oh holy jesus it was out of this world man so unbelievably good we left so unbelievably satiated and intoxicated um and we 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 drove home it was to the point where even like after my wife's nap she says to me she's like yeah maybe that was a little bit too much she goes there were some moments where you were saying stuff and i was just laughing and laughing and she goes it caught me that i was being loud and i was like it's all good don't worry about it i was like i just thought i was hilarious you know it is what it is i get it uh but no we had a really really good time Grampy Sleepy Tobacco, you'll do that, especially daytime use. You've got to watch that. It will. It will. And these were little uh, caramel apple goodies no. that we, we had enjoyed. And, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was good stuff. You know, it was fun. Um, I, dude, it was such a good weekend. So nice. And now I have this week to look forward to. And we have uh, a big outing coming up with uh, the winner of our Jig Head uh, little contest. Uh, Scott Wood is going to go do some fishing with us. And uh, even more important, uh, he too is going to fill his face like uh, a true degenerate, uh, like myself uh, and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we went there. We stopped in. We had a preview. Yeah. 
Oh, you did go there. Let me tell you about my weekend. Okay. My whole week, I didn't fish. You and I, we we tried to get together. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. And uh, we, uh, because, well, should we get into why it didn't work out, Bobby? (laughs) I mean, you could. I don't know. I think we've talked about yeah, defecation I think enough. We had. I think we had. Yeah, there were problems we were unable to uh, to surpass. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. So I had uh, I had my annual camping trip. I, I still get together with a few buddies from high school. We still go out. Um, we grab uh, grab a campground out on the Cape. We hang out the weekend. We get a Friday night and Saturday. Night. Usually, there's like a split crowd of who shows up Friday and who shows mm-hmm. up Saturday because you know people work. Um, so this Friday, myself. Nelson, my military buddy Chris, yep. my buddy Jay, and my buddy Stefan, we all headed out there. Now we usually we usually crash in Stefan's tri- Stefan's camper for this trip. This is the first ones Nelson uh, Nelson's been able to make in like four years. Oh um, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's it just uh, he he uh, he has some stuff going on in the fall, and this doesn't yeah. often roll this way. Yeah, that's true. Um, so he was able to make it out, and uh, we kind of planned on a fishing schedule for Saturday. With Nelson getting there late Friday, I wasn't pushing it. Now, when these trips first started, whenever mm-hmm. we started doing it 12, 13, 14 years ago, however long it's been, it um I really was pushing my buddies that weren't hardcore fishermen. Let's let's get out, let's go fishing. Come on, we gotta go fishing twice. We gotta fish for nine hours a day. And I just kind of yeah. realized over the years it's not for everybody, and everyone uses this as an opportunity to relax and um and see each other. We we don't, you know, we all live across I mean, really across New England. And what's yeah. been really nice is um, two of my military buddies that moved up here, Phil and Chris, they are just, they're just get along with everybody people. Yeah. And they kind of integrated themselves in with my high school buddies and they yep. know them and, and it's good stuff. And then um, uh, Nate has become a fixture at these two because a few years ago, I think we That's told the awesome. story that I, I invited Nate to come out um, after fishing with him once or twice. And he was uh, in a bit of a bind with some tournaments and drive times. The tournaments were on or around Cape Cod, Plymouth, I think, one, and Cape Cod, the other, whatever was going on. I said, dude, just, I said, dude. That's what you said. We've got a campground. We've got room. Just bring your tent. Stay with us. Yeah. And he's like, really? I go, yeah. I mean, we've, we fish in the same groups. It's all good. And Nate, the, 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 you know, we're writing chapters since then. It's good stuff. So we got out there Friday. We set up. Um, actually, let me tell you about a huge fail I made. Oh, tra- this is good. Yeah, I use the trailer for this, so I really concentrate. Hold, hold on, on a second. You go ahead and keep talking. I got uh, keep talking. Tell the story. I got something for you. Okay. I uh, I loaded up my boat with all my camping gear. With I did at that point, I didn't know if I was going to go tent or trailer, and it turned out, like I said, I just got lazy and went trailer and slept on the couch. The um, oh yeah, is that Bill the doctor? Mm-hmm. We haven't heard Bill in a while. That no. son of a bitch. And now, you know what? I'm not arguing. I deserve it. I load everything up. I, now I should I should chronologically note this. I dropped my kids off at school. I picked Chris up at eight o'clock in the morning. I said, "Dude, we're going to do this. Let's go." It's raining, so I said, "We can take our time." We went and grabbed breakfast to uh, breakfast first. It was good. Loaded the loaded the boats up. Loaded the camping gear up. Got on the road. Man, we got to Worcester, and the trailer was shaking a little bit because of the way I put the boats in. Yeah, learning learning curve. Got out to adjust the boats, looked around to make sure everything was good. Fishing rods, not there. Did not bring the fishing rods. 
we were an hour away from my house. I had to turn around, drive oh. the hour back, oh. turn back around. So we left my house at 10 in the morning. I think we got there around 4 o'clock in the afternoon after uh, turning around. Just uh, a waste. So I, I misinterpreted that when you explained it to me. I thought you had figured out the, the missing rods while you were still in town. No, I, I didn't realize. Oh, dude, that I mean, it's a good thing that you stopped to to check on the boats because if you would have gone all the way there, yeah. like, what would you do? Like, go back for no, the rods, I, no, or just not. go to go to Bass Pro or something and, and get a couple oh, well, replacements? I might have tried someone on the Saturday crew, but by True. that point, it wouldn't have mattered because they would have got there in the afternoon, and there goes the fishing for that. I don't. I would have said fuck it, and yeah. I might have turned the partying up a notch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that was, uh, we got there late. <laughs> That's rough. And, uh, yeah, there would have been some cough medicine all over the place and some, some <sighs> cough syrup. But um, we got there and uh, we waited for Nelson to get there. It was a little while after us. We mm -hmm. got out of work and then we, 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 we said, fuck it. You know, Nelson set up and we, we shot over to um, Max Seafood in Chatham. Nice. You know, out of the Cape. Yep. Oh, my God. So my buddy Stefan can eat. He can pack it away when he needs to. But he doesn't do it often. And he got this fisherman's platter. That fisherman's platter I tried to tackle one day, and I couldn't do it in one sitting. I, I already know that's what I'm ordering. Well, Stefan, minus the, the the gigantic bed of French fries. And when I when I say bed of French fries, I literally mean queen size. Yeah. Yes. He didn't. He, he had a few fries, but he tackled the seafood, knocked that down. I got sushi. Nelson got sushi. I got some clam chowder. Uh, what did Chris get? Fucking Chris sushi. got something oh. fried, I believe. But yeah, we we hit all the bases on this. So, and then I checked with with the fine folks at Max to make sure their hours because they might be seeing me again in the next couple of weeks. We did that. We we went back, lit a fire, little 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 party time. Party and then, time. Uh, went to sleep, and uh, the next morning, Nelson and I we we got up. I mean, we nobody sets any alarms. It was raining. Yeah. I didn't feel like fishing in the rain. I, I hope Nelson didn't either, but we we ended up getting out. It, it, it stopped raining by like 10, 30, 11. We got out in the yeah. boats. And, man, just Nelson and his hot streak this year. He's, he's been killing it. Fire. Yeah. It just, const just continuously just kills it, kills it, kills yeah. it. So I went out and, um, you know, I'll, I'll give a little preview on the Jigs and Bigs tournament here. I, we went out. I caught the first fish. It was a white perch. Good size one, just under 12 inches. Yep. I put it in the Jigs and Bigs. It knocked a point off of Nelson and brought him down to second place, which oh. at this point this year, I'm grasping at straws. I'm like, yeah. aha, gotcha, gotcha, dude. Second place in your face. That's all I can do. And then he proceeded to load up on well, the, the morning trip. Traditionally has been the trip we go out to catch the fish that we make fish pizzas out of. Yes. And I got the white perch, threw it in there. Nelson got two 15 inch bass and a 17. So I had to write on a dollar. You know, we bet a dollar on it. Nelson, you kicked my ass. Yeah. Put the date in the place because he, he fucking killed me again. Um, we went back. Now, I should make mention for breakfast. We're talking foods here. Kept it simple on Friday. Yeah. Tons of sausages, uh, eggs with salsa and cheese. Out of here. Great. Nice and simple. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. Lunch. Fresh fish pizzas. Plus, Nelson had venison. Plus, oh, wow. Nels Nelson had a jar of Sarah Pendergast spicy oh, yes. uh, marinara, right? So good. I laid that down. I, I fried up the venison, put that on top, and then just a layer of cheese. 
my God, that might have topped the fish pizzas. It was phenomenal. Uh, then Nelson and I went back out. We tried for some smallmouth where I got skunked, of course, and Nelson caught a perch, a white perch, a, a couple, I don't know how many small, a handful of smallmouth and a trout. Again, on fire. Just killing it, dude. He's just Nelson killing it. is killing it. It's he's killing it. So, um, yeah, we got back. And uh, while we while Nelson and I were out, this was nice. Uh, my buddy Dan mm-hmm. purchased a a fire spit that he goes over a campfire. So he was cooking. Yeah, he was cooking um, this giant hunk of beef on a spit for like five hours. Okay. Ne- next to it was on the spit. You can hang things on it. That's how big this thing is. He had a Dutch oven with homemade baked beans in it. Yes. Dude. Yes. Hang on. Yes. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. Chris had Chris had chili. Um, he, Chris told me, he goes, you know, he goes, I, I make chili and my family doesn't like eating hot stuff, so I make a mild chili. I said, okay. I said, fuck that. I'm putting a habanero and a, ha- and a jalapeno in there, which I did. And I didn't get any of it on my dick, which is just a bonus. It's perfect. Or my eyes. Yeah. That's a so double bonus. we threw bonus. that in there. We cooked it up. And at some point while I was eating, I said, I don't think I've ever, <coughs> ever uttered this sentence, but I'm going to tonight. I'm going to wash down my baked beans with chili. <laughs> and that, folks, is how we got to the very introduction of this show you're <laughs> listening to now. So much fiber. So much meat. So much fiber. And here we go. Um, so we obviously had, you know, we, we hung around, everybody catching up, uh, last night, campfire, good time. And then, uh, this morning breakfast, Bobby, ready yep. for this? Hit me with some funny shit. Now you notice, I don't think I've mentioned any vegetables in this whole thing. Well, I, I threw some roughage in. Yeah. Scrambled eggs with feta and spinach. Oh, there you go. Nelson had some chorizo. Of course. As you I do. had, I had a garlic Bernat's kielbasa. Oh God! And we had bacon. We, like, I shortened our lives this weekend by a year each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we did. And uh, you know, with a couple of stops, I made it home. <laughs> I uh, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I'm hoping I, that when we go out this weekend to Max, that we can put enough of a dent in the seafood they have that we can change federal fishing laws. We might. I'm thinking that's, I we think that, let's set it high, you know, and, uh, cause we will be, and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go we for it. Some of us will, I will not. Uh, but yeah, that was my weekend. We ate, um, the fishing for me was abysmal. Yeah. The fishing for Nelson was just par for the course. And I know, I understand after, after we all broke camp and went home, uh, Nelson and Nate went to a couple ponds on the Cape that Nate's fond of and, uh. I think Nelson said he hooked into a good smallmouth that threw the hook, and Nate maybe got a couple small smallmouth, I believe mm-hmm. it was, or a perch or something like that. But, man, the fishing wasn't great, but that's okay. Yeah, the it's all that matters. Food, the food. Oh, the food. And, 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 you know, I, I, do, I really do. Like, that is, that is why I love this as my hobby, my passion, my lifestyle. Like, I love it so much for that because – you know, fishing days are great and some suck, but it, the the camaraderie and everything is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that this is was awesome, a, dude. This was a blast. So, 
I Camp, Camping 22 is in the books. That's awesome. I put a little challenge out there to Paul. I, I told him, I said, listen, this, we, we went out for lunch after we fished on, on Friday to the, the Brookside Cafe in Ludlow. And I got to tell you, man, I had one of the best steak and cheese sandwiches I've ever had. It was out of this world. Uh, and so we were, we were talking. I put a little challenge out there. I said, look, I said, you and me next summer, right? I said, we're going to do either Virginia, we're going to do Delaware or Maryland, and we're going to catch some snakehead. That's the goal. I'm like, it, it'd just be amazing. So I'm showing him all these pictures of snakehead and shit. And he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, let's do it. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to get our hands on the big trailer. We're going to go and do this whole thing. And uh, I actually, this weekend, I threw this at my wife. I said, hey, what do you think about uh, going out next summer and doing some camping? And she was into it, like even tent camping, like she was into it, like sleeping in the truck for the two of us is not going to be a comfortable thing, especially in the summer. It's going to be ridiculous in there. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've got a five person tent, you know, and yep. I'm thinking that if I get a cot for her, then she won't have to sleep on the ground. She'll probably sleep a lot better. And, you know, our kids are old enough now where it's not got it's not going to be like, oh, we got to keep one of us has to keep an eye on the kids while the other person sets up camp. You know, this will be a lot more on us and I think a little bit more relaxation. So it'll be good. I don't think my kids have any interest in camping at all, but I was blown away when she said that I'm going to hold her to it. Yeah, I think I think my youngest might still depending on the situation. But for the most part, you know, we're where our kids are getting older and, and, you know. What are you going to do? They're doing their own thing. Oh, yeah, dude. It comes with the friggin' territory. Um, I had a situation, speaking of kids, this week that just, like, I, I was, I, it floored me. But my two girls had come in from, they, this is like their life now, now that, now that Chloe's got her own set of wheels. So they go for a ride. They grab coffees and, you know, just, they're a lot like how I spend my <laughs> So they go out and they grab a coffee and they come home and, you know, we're, uh, this is, I had just gotten home with the pizza and like, you know, they're joking around and my oldest made a face at my, uh, at my youngest and dude, I swear to God, it was my mother's face. Like, no, I was like, holy cow. And I was on the phone with my mom today and I told her about it. I was just like, yeah, absolutely. She looks like you and your sisters. It is uncanny, like unfreaking canny. Uh, uh, uh. That's kind of scary. It is kind of <laughs> scary. It's weird. Like when you see like other family members in your children, and you're just like, "Wow, that's that's nuts." That's what you got from the genes, huh? That's what you got. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. nuts. Um. Oh, here we go. Lauren's throwing some stuff. Get the elevated air mattress platform. I thought about those. I I don't know. And actually, maybe Lauren can give me a little bit of feedback. Um. I I because I actually want to do a camping episode very soon. Um, I, I I was always curious if those were any good, like if they would hold up, or if it was like you you buy one, you use it, and it just it doesn't last. Um, Do we want to talk about during the camping episode because I I've got I think we should on that. I think we should. I think we should save that and do a little camping episode after things fully slow and the tournaments are out of the way and everything, and we've got the the room. Um, and actually, I've been throwing around the idea about having um, Becca come on to do specifically a, a truck camping segment with me. And then uh, I've been working on trying to get Crazy Quaddy on the show. I think you'd like Crazy Quaddy. 
He's a cool dude. Uh, He's the guy uh, I was telling you about that did a, a truck camping episode where he he re- he made a, a Frito pie in the back of his his truck, and a, a listener had sent him all the ingredients and everything. And in there was uh, you know Steve O from Jackass. Yes, he has a line of hot sauces. Oh, they're gonna say Steve O was in there. <laughs> No, 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 no. And he like liberally used this hot sauce and it was it was crazy. Lawrence says she's had hers for ten years. That's good. All right, cool. Good yeah, it's something to keep in mind. I mean, you know, I love my deep sleep stuff and it's very, very flexible, you know. Um, I just don't I I've considered like, oh, what if I found like a queen size, you know, cot? And those don't seem like they're they get the greatest reviews either. Like you know, it seems like it, it's not worth it. So something to keep in mind. Um, what else do we have going on that we got to uh, go over here? I think our weeks are pretty much done in the books. We have some uh, we have we have some something we'd like to talk about from uh, from Three Bells. We do have something big that we want to talk about. Yes. Um, so this is a, an interesting time of year. Um, Three Bells on their social media has posted that they've got a little bit of a situation. They have some stock that uh, they, they got to move. And uh, there are a couple of really interesting new things that you guys might want to know about. Basically, they're moving out all of the 2002 stuff in order to make room. You know the deal for 2003. All that stuff arrives in January. So... Um, you know, prices aren't uh, going down necessarily. Let's talk about the specifics. Right about, like, the, generally, what they're offering right now is 25% off all inventory, uh, with a couple of exceptions, like motors and fish finders. Um, although you guys should know that Garmin and batteries are all 10% off. So that's a good thing. If you need a battery, go. you can get 10% off. You're looking to upgrade electronics and go Garmin, boom, you can get some savings there. Uh, one of their brands uh, has made a, just an overall price adjustment right there. So that's, that's, that's one of the ones that's not in the uh, 25% off inventory. But, you know. We're not going to talk about that. The big thing really to talk about is there is now a layaway program so that you can get into your boat. Uh, Lauren has been on with us. We've talked financing before, um, but that's not necessarily for everybody. And it may not necessarily even work for, you know, these uh, specific deals. But a three month layaway program can get you into a boat and make it in more digestible chunks, you know, so. Sean knows a little bit more about the details of how that works. So why don't you go ahead and explain exactly how it works? The dates yeah, there are that. The, yeah, there are some uh, some some date restrictions on the um, on the layaway program. So the program is a, a three payment plan for October, November, and December. The last payment must be made by December 20th. The split up is 40% in October, 30%, and then another 30% uh, in November and December. The uh, the minimum for layaway boat or not, three hundred dollars. Yeah, and get if you're so if you're in the market for mm, live scope or some sort of other fish finder. Yep, there you go. Um, from that point, um, yeah. The all right. The one last thing. I'm sorry. The one last thing on that is the pickup has to be no later than January fifteenth for whatever you put on layaway. And uh, just keep those two dates in mind. December 20th mm-hmm. to finish your payments. Pick up no later than January 15th. 40, 30, 30. Minimum 300. 
there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's a good deal. The um, one other thing you guys need to know is if you're thinking, well, like, what about payments? Do I have to drive down every single month and make a payment? You don't. They'll, they can take payments over the phone. So that makes your life a little bit easier. You can go down, take a look at the inventory, make your purchase, put your first payment down, and then 30 days later, bam, you bank another, give them a call, make another payment. 30 days later, bang, make another payment. You got yourself, you're into a new boat. But this isn't just about you. You know, this is a great opportunity. Maybe you have, maybe you're a tournament angler right now and you've got, you've got all the boat you need. Maybe you just had a killer season this year and you're like, I'm not in the market for another boat. You would be surprised having a backup boat or a boat to just have on hand to have a friend, a family member, your spouse and get out there on the water with you is an asset. You know, you you have access to another boat. You can put them in something, and this is a great way to get them in something that's decent and saves them money. Great example on that. Yep. You're 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 doing your thing. You're putzing around in your Hobie PA. Your wife says that's fun. I'd like to join you. Maybe it's not the time, right? Or maybe it hasn't been the time to get um, a smaller kayak for her. That's not, you know, over the top fishing ready, but yeah. she wants something a little more towards the recreational end. Maybe it's time to get a Hobie passport. Hey, come out and take pictures. I'd love to have you be my photographer. Like I actually would. My my wife has a badass camera. Yeah, and I I would actually love to get her on the water, and taking pictures and stuff. But we're we're working on that. We'll get there. Me and my wife will get get there. there. Yeah, yeah. But for anybody who's looking for that right now, or that opportunity is available to you right now. There you go. That's now a great would be the way time to, to strike. Yeah, it's it's an awesome time to do it. You have, you know, kids. This is great too. Like you're thinking, if maybe you want to get a, a boat for one of your kids, you know, this is a great yeah. time to to think. Start thinking about gifts and Christmas early. You know, I mean, this is a great opportunity. You get your, your opportunity to uh, save some money. We did have some info regarding some 2023 models, right, Sean? We did, yeah. So Hobie, um, there's there's a pretty good shot here. We got some info that Hobie uh, maybe maybe pushing their prices up due to the cost mm-hmm. of uh, manufacturing. Well, my understanding is there's not going to be a lot of changes in the Hobie lineup going forward from 2022 to 2023. So it makes a little more sense to buy a 2022 now than a 2023 with minimal prices or with uh, yeah. minimal changes. I, you know what I mean? It's if it's close enough to the same model, but. There's an X amount of dollar difference. Why not buy it now? Yeah. Um, my understanding is there was one, um, there was one color change. There's an added color to the lineup, so there won't be any hull changes, etc. They're going to be basically the same, the 22s yeah. and the 23s, with one big difference being the pricing. So if you're in the model again, or mm-hmm. if you're in the market again for a Hobie, or you will be next year, this might be an opportune time to to look at that PA, to look at that passport, to look at whatever you're. You're gunning desires. For. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, one thing I do want to mention, um, mm-hmm. Lauren and I talk about, well, she's, she's throwing a couple things in there. Lauren, we, we made sure Lauren was in on this because while we are good at this, we are not perfect. Exactly. Lauren wanted to make sure as far as the payment plans go, no later than December 5th on the middle one. That last one's got to be by December 25th, but you got some wiggle room on the middle one. So yep. get that first payment in. The, the second one's got a little wiggle room. Get that down. Inflatables are also covered in this sale. 
So there's several number. There's several inflatables. Um, I think we talked about the uh, the inflatable uh, stairmaster that I was helping people demo last That's year. That's right. I, yeah. I forget the model, but I like to think of his stairmaster. That was a popular model. Everyone was all over that. There you go. There's your inflatable. This is um, a great way to just get into an inflatable too. If you're like, God, I'd love to kind of get into it. Like having some savings moving into it is a great move. Yeah, and there's models out there now. Like mm-hmm. I. Some of the ones I've seen at Three Bells, they can handle getting hit with a fish hook, and they're not going to explode on yeah. you. They're not like a balloon. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the durability is finally there with these models. Um, as far as Three Bells and delivery, anything within their white glove uh, service area, their white glove delivery area, will be obviously covered under that program. If you're outside the area, each sale is going to be handled on a case-by-case basis yeah. with shipping costs. Okay, yep. Shipping isn't free. We all know that. Three Bells does a great job at covering this huge area around Three Bells, but if you're out of the area, that. there's have a discussion and see where see where it'll go. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Eclipse is the model I was talking about with the uh, yep. Stairmaster. Stairmaster. Yeah, Frickin I forgot the model ass. number. I'm, I'm a piece of garbage. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I know. I need punishment. Um, mm. I think that's all I have on that. Bobby, do you want to mention anything else? No, I think that about sums it up. So if you, the, the, I think the, the takeaway of all this is that right now, Three Bells Outfitters has an amazing opportunity for you to get into some new and upgraded gear if you're interested in it. They got a lot of 2022 inventory that they're looking to move, and this is a good time to go for it. I know, I know some of our jig heads have even taken up, uh, ju- taken a leap on this to get involved. So that's awesome. I, I, I love it when people get new boats. I love it. Yeah. You know? And, and the real big thing with Three Bells, all right, is that, the boat you're buying, you're not, you know, you're not just going to go down there and they're not going to hawk a boat to get rid of it. They're yeah. going to find out what fits for you. So if 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 you are able to test it, obviously waters are getting a little colder. I mean, we were towing the line with the rule of 120 this weekend. Oh, I bet you you were. Yeah. Um, try to get down there. It is by the, the coast, so it is still a little warmer. Try to get down there. Try it out. If you have a wetsuit, try it out. That's a real safe way. Try out a boat. Make sure you're doing the right, you're getting the right model for you. But here's the thing Three Bells will ensure that. And after the sale, they take care of you as a customer. There's no, you've bought a boat and out the door, see you later. Yep. If you have an issue, if you, you want to do something with a kayak, if you want to modify it for fishing or do something else, call them. They care. Yeah. That you can't say that about anybody, yeah. uh, about a lot of the, the other places, the that other sell shops. Kayaks. Yep. They give a shit. They're probably sick of hearing from me. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Lauren, great example. I've been on the phone, she says, until 10, 1030 at night with people to get them in the right boat. She's not on the clock. Yeah, exactly. Right? She's helping people out because she cares about this business and she cares about people being happy in the craft that they've paid a lot of good money for. Yeah. Which now 25% off a lot of good money. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, now that was whoring. <laughs> That is whoring right there. Yes. Yeah. You know, and when you think about it, like if you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, you're buying a boat and in, you're looking at, yeah, I'm looking at, you know, buying a, let's just use a thousand dollars, a nice round number. You know, yeah, I don't have a thousand dollars right now to, you know, throw into uh, into a boat. You know, this sale right now is saving you 250 bucks. Plus, you have the ability to break that down now into more digestible chunks over that three month period. It's yep. it's a it's a good way to uh, to get into this. If you're looking to get off the bank, this is this is your move. You know. Yep. So all we can say is call, contact, go on the website, 
get in touch with Three Bells if this is your time to get a kayak and just get it through the right people and you won't regret it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're I, speaking from experience on this. I would say that really, like, this is, let's sound the alarm. Get down there and get yourself a new kayak or accessory for your existing kayak from Three Bells Outfitters. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. And watch out for giant fire-breathing lizards. That's that's that warning. We're that's good. true. It's it's definitely true. Fire-breathing lizards bad. Three bells good. Three bells good. Yes, there we go. <laughs> See, we're so good at this. We're, we're so best. good at this. Why am I, Why are we not marketing everything for everyone? I know, really. We're just amazing. Uh, let's go ahead. We will uh, take a quick break, guys. Regroup. When we get back in here, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Just the tip. We have uh, this week's bait of the week. We're going to be talking about, this is a popular one, too. Not just any topwater frog, but we're talking about the Booyah Pad Crasher. Like, this is, for a lot of people, this is the one. And we'll talk about it and why and, and what we like about it. So we'll go ahead and get to it, guys. Um, oh, wow. Uh, the, Lauren just chimed in here, too, with some more Three Bells stuff. Uh, they've got the new tan and green Yak Attack on stock, too. Did you see that stuff? I, I just saw it pop up uh, online the other day. I don't know where I saw it. I haven't seen it, but I think that's awesome. It is snazzy, sir. Yeah, very, very snazzy. All right, guys, we will see you in about uh, two minutes. Don't go too far. Much more Jigs and Bigs goodness coming up right after the us. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We want to thank Old Glory Outdoors in East Brookfield, Massachusetts. Old Glory has an amazing selection of fishing tackle, including Six Sense, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Shimano, Daiwa, Luz, 13 Fishing, Arc Rods, and many more. Use promo code JIGSANDBIGS at OldGloryOutdoors.com and in-store to see Save yourself some money and support the show. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories from Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yakatek, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade you and your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit 3bellsoutfitters.com for more info and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water surface. They have a 60-day risk-free trial, lifetime warranty, and free shipping. Plus, you can save yourself 10% with the code JIGSANDBIGS10 at checkout. Visit Torej.com to check out their selection. That's www.toreg.com. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Thanks. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. Alrighty, guys. So this is a weird just the tip. This doesn't involve fishing technique or even 
you know, extending your network. It doesn't involve networking. It doesn't involve social media, nothing like that. But um, let me set the stage here. I had uh, spotted, this was just last night. I had seen on, uh, you know, as one does after uh, they're winding down at the uh, end of the night, you know, I, I saw a, a post on Instagram. It was a reel. And uh, in that reel featured uh, the one Mr. Uh, Ike, uh, Mike Iconelli. And uh, this was it was it was video that was from the back of his boat and he was fishing a dock and he's, you know, pitching under this dock and, and a, a property owner comes over and basically inquires and, and says, like, hey, you know, you can't fish my dock. What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. This is private property, such and such and such. You know, the story. It's very common. And you got to keep in mind that this is Ike. OK, and in as cool and calm and collected as Ike can be. He handles the situation, I think, wonderfully. You know what I mean? Most other people would not. Elevate, but I mean, if, when you when you know that it's that it's Ike, you're not going to be, you know, that that's nothing. You know, so he handles it. He's just like, uh, I'm going to fish your dock. And that's what's happening. Uh, you know, call the cops. I encourage you to that kind of thing. He throws a couple other digs in there. And I, I was just this for some reason, it just hit me just right. I was like, man, good for him. And that is the way to do it. So I put a post together and I, I put my own when I reshare a post on social media, I like to put my own little two cents on there and then obviously post the original poster's info. So I put, this guy knows how to handle it when Karen or Susan comes to hashtag talk to the manager about you fishing her dock. Key is to always keep your cool. The minute they start to get you riled up is when they got you. Here's an even better tip. Check your local laws regarding outdoors outdoorsman harassment. If you know that they're wrong, call the cops about that. Hashtag, and now you know. The original uh, post obviously says, uh, 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 God bless Ike, God bless Karens, God bless America, hashtag uh, never end the send. So I had I had put this up there and lots of people, I mean, it started going nuts. Like I just, uh, my I had to put my phone on silent because the notifications for likes were insane. Um, and, you know, also comments. And there were a couple of people who had commented in there. Basically, there's there's a couple of them that, that, that mm, where is it? Um, there's one guy specifically, and I had to screenshot this and he posted his comment was this quote unquote guy is literally Mike Iconelli should probably at least give credit where it's due dudes, a legend. So I, I love to chime in and engage with comments, especially when people don't read the full thing and notice that he's tagged in the original post. So I, I tag him and I say, it's in the original post. I'm fully aware of who he is. Thank you, though, for at least making me think that the world needs to know who this absolute icon in professional sports is. And somehow that jigs that the Jigs and Bigs community is that large. So we're the ones to deliver that message. Well, this guy, this guy deleted his comment. So I wasn't ever to do it. So, <laughs> so it kept giving me this error saying couldn't post tap retry. So I took a screenshot and I put it on our story. I was like, good Lord. But there are a lot of folks that were just like, nope, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't call the cops. That's crazy. I'm, I'm curious. I'm not going to do the homework because there's 50 other, uh, there's 48 other states that I've, I haven't looked into, but I know like mass and Connecticut both have laws on the books protecting outdoorsmen from being able to do the activity that they're out there to do. Uh, and, and my point with all that was that if you call the cops and you're the one to do it, first you flip the entire script on them. 
Like, you're the one that's now like, yes, let's get the authorities involved because you don't have any idea that I can do this. So get them over there. You know, is it going to be a hassle? Sure. But my thought is you can possibly educate somebody, you know, and sure, maybe that education leads to them losing their mind and saying like, oh, I can't, this is bullshit, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, maybe throw some cuffs on them or something like that. Maybe that's enough to drive the point home that outdoorsmen actually have rights in that state. Again, should your state have laws covering your ass like that. I'm not sure that everybody necessarily does. If you guys want to comment, if you know, if you're not in, you know, I know Mass and Connecticut have that, I said that, but if you're in another state or you've lived in another state and you know that there are laws on the books that will protect outdoors activities, go ahead and leave that in the comments. I'd love to get some feedback from that. But uh, my the tip is, at all costs, you keep a cool head. You know, when you're out there fishing, you owe it to yourself, but you also owe it to the entire fishing community not to create the impression that you're a maniac, you know, and you're somehow, you know, holier than thou or anything like that. Like you just keep a cool head. Are they interrupting your day of fishing? Absolutely. They are. But there's something bigger at play there. So if, if you you know that you've got the law on your side in this situation and you're right, be the one that calls the cops. You know, go ahead and do it. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of people that get hung up on the on the whole, oh, you're just fishing. Just keep doing what you're doing. They can't do anything to you. I'm like, you know, I, I get that. I really do. You know, just ignore them and, and, and whatever. But people are insane. Have you seen that video? I just talked about it with Paul while we were out on Friday. You remember seeing that video where these two kids are in a small boat. They're fishing this dock and this woman jumps in the water. Yes, I in their saw direction. That. Insane. You know what I mean? So we've we've actually covered this before a little bit in a different way. I think it was yep. more me me bitching about stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it really it really takes both sides to know the law. All right. So everything you're saying, one hundred percent agree with. Couldn't agree yeah. with more on a public body of water. On a yeah. private body of water, there's different rules. You might not be able to to fish there. Yep. And, and, and and I have a point for that too. Like yeah. I, I can't, I, you know, we can talk about trespassing and stuff. People are going to trespass if they're going to trespass. That's fine. The tip there is do not lose your mind. Exactly. When, you know what I'm saying? Like when yeah, somebody it, tells you to, to to get off their property, it, 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 if, if it's a p- private body of water, do not lose your mind. You're wrong. Go home. Yeah. And, you uh, know? and we that was exactly what I was just going to echo. Like yeah. it goes, these everything you just said can apply to not only the angler, that's probably in the clear for fishing a public body of water, yep. but also the property owner or some caretaker, whoever's responsible for a private body of water. I mean, I can give you one great example. There was a gentleman who was fishing on the lake, did not have permission yep. that I know of. When I asked who allowed him to go on the lake, he pointed at that house and said, that girl over there. Okay, you know what? That doesn't fly with me. I said, look, this is a private lake. You got to get out of here. And this is the last time I talked to anybody about this. Like, yeah. Any, anybody. And he, he basically said, no, I've been doing this for 40 years. Dude, I don't give a shit. I yeah. didn't live here 40 years ago. If no one called the cops on you then, I'm going to now. And I did because he shouldn't have been there. And when the cops got there, I heard a shouting match with the cop. And you know what? Now he's being disrespectful to a cop. He's taking you know his jail time into his own hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he didn't keep his cool. I did. I was pissed, but yeah. I kept my cool. Yep. Because this guy's telling me, you know, what I do and don't know, and he's a fucking idiot and doesn't know it. Yeah, exactly. 
but uh, he proved himself to be a fucking idiot by then taking it out on a, on a local police officer. And that's in, you know, that's his business and I haven't seen him back. That's that's exactly it. Like you let them dig their own own hole, but you can't yep. do that if you're losing your mind. You can't do that. Exactly. You know, um, Fish in the Six chimes in. He says, he originally, he's talking about Ike here, originally told her that he'd leave and then he moved to the next dock and she came over to that dock and gave him a hard time there. And that's kind of when he, now, when I had heard about this from somebody else in the comics, actually, it might have even been Fish in the Sticks in the comments that let, let, put that little nugget in there. But that's at a certain point where, like, you, you got to realize you're dealing with somebody who is clearly unhinged arguing about property that's not theirs at that, at that moment. You know what I mean? like yep. they don't have a leg to stand on so that's even just more of a yeah call the cops please call them you know and and lots of times if you do that and you have them call the cops then what's going to end up happening is it's it's it, they're probably going to try to squelch it right there but if you're the outdoorsman and you call and say hey this is what's going on could you send somebody over here the, then they, they know that there's something going on you know what I mean? That's like, hey, you you can't do this. Like, what's up? And there is obviously somebody needs to intervene. Um, he also, Lord, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. He also chimes in and he goes uh, that there are laws in Michigan against harassment, which I think I think that should just be a general, like across the rule, across the board, everywhere. But you never know. It's some states they just might overlook it. Yep. Uh, Lauren put in an interesting comment here about yep. the public versus private. Yep. So she knows public versus private. Why should this be hard to comprehend, right? Yeah. I'll tell you why it's hard to comprehend, Lauren. Because you can fish moving water, all right? If you have a private body of water that has water going through it, you you can get, as long as you can get access to it, you can fish it. Yeah. And that's where the problem comes in because people, the first thing everyone says when you start arguing with them or telling them to leave is you can't own water. And they're absolutely right, especially yeah. not moving low water. But the problem is they if there's no access to it, yes. people think they can now get access. They they are given access to this moving water that nobody owns. That's the issue. Yeah. So I've seen it. I mean, I've seen people walk through yards. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's crazy. It's really about the access primarily. You know, I mean, if if there's no access, there's no access. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing that you can do. And cutting through somebody's yard to fish, I mean, there are bodies of water that I would love to fish. And I'm like, I'm not sure if this little dirt road is a public road. So I'm just going to stay out of it until I can cross paths with somebody and they're like no 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 you can fish here absolutely. You can drop in right here. There's a a little, you know, a spot where you can access it over here. But people are weird, you know? And it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. So yeah. I, that, I think like that for me, that's the tip. The tip is primarily that you just don't want to be the one losing your mind. It's not worth it. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to change anything. In fact, if, if anything, you're probably going to head and, uh, you know, I mean, let them know that, that you know, that you're protected by the law for what you're doing and that you're glad to call the cops and, Make that call, you know, yeah. maybe you make it a little bit easier for everybody else. And that information kind of comes along because like, let's let's be honest, uh, an angler tells you, hey, I've got rights as a, an outdoorsman, you know, as, as somebody, you know, enjoying the, as an outdoors enthusiast, you know, th all they have to go is, oh, he's making that up. That's not true. But you get a police officer there, an EPO, they'll let him know. You know? Yeah, I mean, in our in our area, I just like I said, I, I people tend to lose their cool too much. And yeah, here's where 
from the homeowner end or from the property owner end, if you confront somebody, they now know where you live and you don't know where they live. There's that too. So there could be, re- there's always that specter of retaliation. Yeah. And I have learned that. And I don't like feeling like, oh, this guy, this asshole knows where I live now. I don't know what this person, how far this guy's going to go to, you know, think he's been offended by yeah. somebody telling him what the law is. I don't know what the next step is. So I just call the cops. Yeah. They, they know, like, you yep. know, if there's a real problem. Thankfully, things seem to have calmed down quite a bit. Yeah. And the cops have not needed to be called. I think some of the neighbors are tightening up their... Getting... They're realizing... Yeah, they're realizing... It's a problem. That, so they, yeah, the, some of our... Some of their neighbors are not happy with an open-door policy yeah. on a lake that's, you know, body water that's maintained through private funds, you know, through... Yeah. We're paying for it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, um, no, I completely agree with you, and I think it works for both sides of the street, Bobby. Definitely. Roll, roll with it, man. Good tip this week. All right, guys. Uh, it's about that time. So this week's FTG is uh, a, a little bit of an interesting one because uh, it, it was kind of odd. Like I said early in segment one, my buddy Paul and I took a rare Friday uh, morning to, to go and get out, you know, hit the water and uh, and, and try and get, get on some fish. And we went to a spot that uh, that we both have a really good history with. In fact, I got my PB over there. Uh, you know, Paul's got one of his PB. Actually, I'll get my PB largemouth and smallie over there. And uh, it, this is just a great spot. But it, we, we go there, and there's hiking trails all around this one, one area. And you do have some folks that live nearby that utilize the trails, of course. I mean, shit, if I, if I live right near them, I would too. You know, and uh, we, we had... Uh, as we're fishing this one spot where you kind of have a intersection of different trails coming together, you get a lot of traffic that comes through here. People always coming through here. Lots of people like to walk their dogs. I get it. It'd be, it, I, if, if my dogs like that level of activity, I would hundred percent bring them over there, but they're Boston Terriers and they are lazy pieces of shit, but that's for me to talk about or and me to, that's my cross to bear. Um, we had this one instance where, you know, we're fishing this one spot. Everything's good. We're right near this one little intersection. And uh, a woman comes over with a massive German Shepherd, an absolute beautiful beast of a dog. But she was not walking this dog. This dog was walking her. Absolutely running the show. And she had come over to our spot. Now, what made this really unique was that as this started, even before this happened, actually, I got a phone call from the one and only Sean the Fisherman. And we we're having a conversation, and I, I tried to kind of mention, like, oh, the FTG is actually happening right now, or something along those lines, without her picking up on it. And then I made sure to snap a picture so I could put a picture up on Instagram, because I'm petty as fuck. <laughs> so... Um, I'm on the phone with Sean and I didn't, didn't have an opportunity to, to say anything to her, but Paul's over there doing his thing and he's, I think he might've been retying actually. And he was, you know, in his, in his boxes, this dog comes over and is sniffing around my gear and his gear and then goes, and he goes over to the water and she's like, Oh, he's just curious. It's no big deal. And you know, Paul's like, Oh, it's okay. He's fine. He's friendly, right? Oh yeah. He's friendly. Okay, cool. She's doing his thing. He takes a cast dog goes right into the water. Now, this is one of those situations where it's like, 
I get it. Physically, she might have not been able to take uh, control of the situation. Like I said, the dog was walking her. I get that. But what the fuck? Why would you get so close to the water if that was the case? You know how bad I would have felt if this dog had, like, gotten his snout around my popper? Yeah. You know what I mean? mean? Like, come on. Don't put us in that situation. And this sort of goes along, like, with that call that Joe had made a couple of weeks ago where he was fishing in an area and there was a Susan or a Karen or somebody who'd come over and was, you know, giving him a hard time about fishing near the boat ramp when there was actually, like, a dog park area of this. And then remember, he said that she was throwing the ball out toward their baits. To basically, again, interfere with fishing. And I was just like, and while this was a small, very minor infraction, like, this is just one of those things where I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Come on. Like, even for the sake of the dog. Dude, you and I are both dog owners. We are. And I I just, does it feel like we're bagging? This is is three out of four of the past FTGs have been. It's terrible. Shitty dog owners, and like, that's. They, I'm, thank you for saying name. that because it's not dogs; it's it's the dog owners. Like, you gotta like be cognizant of like you know. Yeah, I get he want. Oh, he's just curious and wants to get in the water. Not even like. I mean, if you're taking your dogs on on these walks, do you have any idea how much like terminal tackle tackle and shit can get lost right there at the bank? People Let's, break we off. Need to start, we need to start taking our dogs leashless. On walks on golf courses. See how that goes. That's a great idea. Public golf courses. Oh, he's just curious. He's just, you know, the dog's humping a guy trying to tee off. Oh, he's, he's fine. He's getting it out of his system. It's okay. Exactly. You know, all of a sudden, leash laws would be fucking even like stricter than they are now. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's it's absolutely insane to me, man. It's it's absolutely crazy. I think it's, it's bananas. Um. I'm looking through my formatting for this just because I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. I was refreshed on the FTGs. And I've actually decided to call this the Bitch Chronicles. So we're on part three this week. Stay tuned. We might have another one. <laughs> we could. It's possible. Yeah. Fishing the sixes. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is get a hook out of my dog. Absolutely. You know, I've seen, I don't even know how many times I've seen on YouTube where you know, this is something that you see where anglers will be out there with their dog and shit happens you know sometimes you're like oh man i I hooked my dog or they stepped on this thing you know and it's that's that's just the worst feeling in the world i could not even imagine and that's one of the things that that makes me want to keep from taking my dogs with me when i fish that and that they would get nothing out of it you know hudson's too neurotic and and eleanor is just a straight up derp i'd have to put her in a baby carrier yeah i really would so (laughs) And then where do I put my tackle? Do I do I put like a a a, a, a fifty six a thirty six hundred box on her? Yeah, be right mess. to her right to her little uh, right to her little life vest. Yeah, little PFD wrap her around like a little reaction tackle soft plastics wallet, so she's like yes. good to go. Yes. Crazy man, crazy. So that's my whole thing. Like I'm just like guys, if if, if the dog's walking you, you don't want to bring him out where it's possible he might get injured. You know what I'm saying? Be yeah. smart. FTG. Um, so with that said, it is time to shift gears because we've got, uh, well, it's time for some drums. Yep. This will be a quick one this week. Yeah. Uh, the Dothraki wedding is uh, is more ceremonial at this point. We've, uh, we've come to October. We're midway through the month. Registration is closed. 
That's very important because I'll get yep. that in a second for the Jigs and Bigs final tournament of 2022. Okay. <sighs> Taking a deep breath. You got to. There was a late ad on the 15th. All right. The last day this thing was open. I was very curious as to why Jerry Multihouse was not in this tournament. Then on the 15th, he said, I'm in. Oh. <laughs> got a complaint. It was a half-hearted, smiling complaint. Yep. From one competitor today saying, the dude's already in first place. He just registered yesterday. WTF. And I said, <laughs> break any rules. You can register on the 15th. I don't give a shit. It's true. There was some laughter after that because, again, it was it was good nature. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Jerry House has fished two days and is in first place. So oh, let, me, let me get to third and second first. So third place, another non-surprise. Nelson DaCosta, like, like I said, he, uh, he's on fire. He cleaned up. He's this has been his year, man. It's it's so good to see Nelson kicking yep. ass. Um, and uh, he's got it down, man. He's got it down. And and like I said, this this little trip out to the Cape, we I wasn't expecting much. I got nothing because I wasn't wasn't expecting. And then Nelson cleaned up on multi species to pull himself into third place. He's got eight points. Um, and he actually he could have had more because he didn't check uh, the perch I caught. The perch I caught was 11.75. Oh. He he caught an 11.75 white perch and didn't realize the size and threw it back. He Mine barely touched the line. If he would have measured, I, I'm guessing it went over. Yeah. So he could have another point. He could be leading that category. But that's neither here nor there. So Nelson's in third with eight. Brian Jensen, 10 points. Second place. First place, Jerry Howes. Now, for prizes on this, so we're going to be doing again, you know, we've got uh, 15 people in here, so that's going to pay out three spots. Yeah. Also, for the first to 100, which was Nelson, uh, 200. We got there yet? Jeez, Jerry's almost cracking 200. Uh, Jerry is, not, well, he's not there yet, but he's close. 200. And then if we get to 300, we got three prizes. I got a call a couple weeks ago. Oh, just out of the blue. I haven't talked. Haven't talked to my boy Matt Thayer over at Klondike Custom okay. Baits. And he okay. Okay. Hey, listen. Let me know. I got something for you for jigs and bigs. We'll do that. So if we don't hit three hundred, one of these three prizes will be raffled off. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's cool. For jigs and bigs, we have uh, for extra prizes. We'll do something fun again if we we don't hit the certain numbers. We have Nakwa. We'll be doing a power bank. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, Wrangling baits. We'll be doing a Wrangling baits gift pack. I think it's three or five lures. One of the two. Yep. Um, Sarah Pendergrass will be mailing out one of her rod holders, her rod sleeves. And Matt nice. Thayer from Cluster, Klondike Custom ugh, Jesus, Klondike Custom Baits. A little, little brain dead from yesterday. <laughs> it, it comes with the territory, dude. Yeah. So we got four prizes. One of them's already claimed. Uh, I'll, I, you know what? Maybe we'll just kind of fool around. I'll see what Nelson wants because he got the first 200. If so, if Jerry or whoever gets 200, I'll find out what he wants. And the remaining two prizes, we'll we raffle just off. Just raffle them off. Yeah, I think that's raffle, a great we'll idea. Figure, figure out something fun. Yeah, you know? I got a great little program too for those types of raffles with names. Yeah, yeah, perfect. We can do. Uh, we we got for entries. Hmm, nobody put in a bowfin. Uh, every other category has something in there. All right, so nobody put in a bowfin. Um, we could do. What's the biggest bass? What is sixteen the inch bass? smallmouth? We got a uh, ooh, an eighteen and a half inch large mouth. We could do something for biggest bass. We we, we we'll make something could. up. We'll figure it out. Yeah. 
I, I freaking love it, dude. I think it's a great idea. I um I I was talking with uh, Mike Hansen, uh, Binny Outdoors, about yep. uh, he was he's so into this, and he's even he said he was going to make a recommendation that uh, the people that start up in his trail enter um, just to oh, diversify. Awesome. You know, it's like hey, you get bycatch, you might as well do something for it. So that's, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Like reaching out, like thanks, you know, Mike. getting part of it. That's that right there is is camaraderie. That's community right there. That is. Is awesome. Um, I'm hoping to get some time to get out and fish with him. But uh, I did tell him, I said, you know, I think that the 2023 Jigs and Bigs tournament series is going to be even bigger because I'm going to be making a big, big push for the entire schedule and get more and more and more people involved in it um, and see what we can do to keep it like a uh, little fun and and, uh, and cool. I think it'll be it'll be a good time. So big things coming up next year. Big shout out and thank you to everybody who's competed in both Jigs and Bigs and Chronic Trips this entire year because it was... Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So we appreciate you guys. It's a lot of fun. Um, I actually, man, I, I was. It was when I got that fall fish on that popper. I was like, "That's it. I'm doing it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to enter." And I was like, "I don't have anything for to write the identifier." I'm like, "So this fall fish is going to." I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" I would yeah, be having and- a great a great season. I would. You had a knife. You could have carved it into your hand, but then it would have been like Slayer. I know. And I thought about that. I was like, <laughs> do I really want to send that message? Like, as I'm rounding out this, you know. No, we're role models. You can't do that. It's true. It's true. Yep. So. No, but uh, yeah. So great job. Jerry's in first. Brian's in second. Nelson's in third. There's a four way tie for fourth, including myself and Mike Hansen and Gravy, Steve Galloway. We're all we're all there poking around. So oh, yeah. I'm, I know we're going to fish uh, this weekend. Yep. Which will be awesome. And uh, we'll see what we can do there. I don't. I don't think I'm going to get out this week. Unfortunately, this year, my my week fishing this year week W E E K. Yeah. Although my fishing Your this year days. has been pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, my weekday fishing has been fucking non-existent. It just continues to be that way. Um, yeah. I'm guessing it will continue that way until 2026, until my kids are out of high school. But we'll. I or am- they can drive. Geez, I can hope. I am really, really hoping that either I'm thinking maybe tomorrow. I got to take a look at the weather, but one day this week I want to get back out for another, probably the final send at that one body of water I've been focusing on most of the year. Yep. Get out there and do that, and then I want to throw around the idea of a lot of my fishing during the week is going to be combined with hiking. So I'm going to be yeah. So that's kind of my my plan right there. I've actually done a few things to uh, well, I I wasn't actually going to share this but i went out and i bought some uh telescopic uh gear some rods oh just so that way i could put them in a pack and carry them uh carry a a little bit more scaled down so i can get in and out of you know some different spots and just try some shit and uh, i might do a little gear review it could be fun fucking a yeah it could be fun who knows and I then like the, the other reason too is i want to have this gear for next year when i go to to vegas in uh in february i want to fish cool that'll be nice and this way i can put them all in my suitcase and be ready to go so cool uh, i guess it is uh that time though get ready uh frog lovers Jigs and pigs. bait of the And roll. <laughs> Some people just love frogs. Like they gotta throw a frog. You know what I mean? Milf. Yeah. Man, I love frogs. Man, I love frogs. Milf. 
I think a topwater frog for sure has its place. And I think there's parts of this country where you gotta have one tied on everywhere you go. Um, rice patties, uh, rice stalks in Minnesota. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I saying. think it's something that you have to. And if you've spent any time at all researching frogs uh, on, especially like if you're looking like, you know, tactical bass and they've mentioned this, Debo's mentioned this, uh, the Booyah pad crasher, I think is kind of like the industry standard. It is in the world of audio. The Shure SM58 is like the microphone industry standard for a dynamic mic. That's what the Booyah pad crasher is in fishing for, for topwater frogs. It just is. Now, I love them. I have a, a, I have kind of a theory about them. I have one that I have caught significantly more fish with than any other frog that I own. And I've got tons of frogs. Uh, well, I say tons of frogs. I know people who literally have tons of frogs. I have a good amount of frogs, considering that I really I don't throw them all the time. Uh, I love them because I feel like out of the package... They're one of the best frogs you can throw. Um, I feel like it's just the right amount of, like, you know, some people try to soften their frogs by boiling them. Yep. I I feel like the Booyah Pad Crasher doesn't need that at all. You know, like, it's I, ready to go. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, when do you start using them? Tell, give me some history on some Booyah Pad Crashers for you. So the Booyah Pad Crasher, for me, I started throwing... And I think it was like 2015. Um, okay. And it was one where, and remember, I was in 2015, I was throwing it on the wrong gear. And I was also like not making any connections. And then it was the summer of 2020 when I started uh, frog frog fishing. So, no, was it 2015? It was later than that. It was way later than that. It must have been 2016 or 2017. Um so I had thrown around uh, a pad crasher and was just, you know, throwing it on the wrong gear, had a bunch of blow ups on it, could not make any kind of connection with it. And then summer of 2020 is when I really kind of got it a little bit more dialed in the technique. It walks great. Like it's got um, very little modification needed. Usually when I use them, I trim down the legs a little bit. I like to do them offset. And, you know, that's just me. And uh, it's just out of this world. You know, um, I think every fish I caught that summer of 2020 was on a pad crasher. And I've thrown the Vega frog. I've thrown the, the Guggen frog. I've got a uh, a couple other, I think, a couple river to sea, like popping frogs as well, that uh, I've I've just never connected with any fish. But for whatever reason, like I and, and maybe it is the material is just supple enough Um you know, I think I think it's pretty awesome. What about you? Because you've started using these much longer. In wow, right? I, I think I started using them in like twenty, oh man, somewhere between two thousand nine and two thousand twelve. Yeah, I started using them in Minnesota, and um, I, I I obviously brought it home, and that was yep. a lure that worked everywhere. And then I, I so I started with the original, yeah, Headcrafter in a couple different colors. Like the Minnesota fish don't seem to be too picky about the colors. So they'll hit everything from a cricket frog to the Kiru frog to yeah. the, the albino frog to the aqua frog. And then I've kind of narrowed down some of my my colors for, for out here. But, I mean, I keep a box of them in Minnesota, and they're all I use. Yeah. Um, then something happened. Booyah decided to up their game and make that, that pop and pad crash. Oh, yeah. 
Yep. I will say this. I'm I'm going to, you know, on a variation of the pad crasher, I'm not as much of a fan as that paddle foot. That paddle foot one, the uh the, they they make it both in the some of the junior size and the full size. It's that's that's uh it's a close sort of it's it's they're designing it after almost like the Tekel Sprinker Frog, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I I think it's a gear issue. I maybe I just bought one of the first runs and I was looking at that like it was going to be a game changer and it might have been the couple that I bought. They're using a different kind of of like swivel with that, but it just it yep. never it never really spun right and never really made the wake I was looking for at all. As a matter of fact, most of the time it just kind of dragged. Yeah. Um. But that being said, the pop and pad crasher and the original pad crasher are two staples that I keep in a couple different colors with me yep. at all times. They are personally my favorite hollow body frog without, without a doubt. Um, yeah. they are durable. I mean, they take an absolute pounding, including the pike in Minnesota. I've had those things completely slashed wide open. And for some reason they'll still float for a little while. I mean, if they've got a slash on top, they're eventually going to, they're eventually going to sink, but they do a great job of holding together. Um, I actually don't walk them as much. I prefer chugging them. Even the the originals. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't... You know, I was I, actually going to ask you about that. Like, are you one of these where you got to throw them and walk them all the time? I never walk frogs. I mean, I, I sometimes I do, but it's more of a... Maybe that's the retrieve they want, you know, at that time. Like, I'll try it and... and the, Getting getting off top, getting off, well, getting, mm-hmm. getting off top, getting off of the the pad crashers. The only hollow body um, lure that I walk is the live target bluegill, because that one walks really easy. Yeah, it's just it's shaped right for it. It doesn't. The frogs aren't shaped as well, I don't think, for the walking. But I mean, I have Zara spooks and stuff. I just wouldn't walk them over weeds. Yeah, so exactly. I use the pad yeah. crasher and I chug. Yep, yep. That's what I. That's how I roll with both of them. Um, and honestly, I found that. The um, the real difference. I'll just I'll throw the popping one more in the rain. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just it because it's it louder. Add, it yeah. It adds that that big pop to it. It makes it make a bigger wake if you need to. But I tend to do that. I'll throw a pad crasher in calm water as far as the surface. Yeah. You know, or wind. I'm fine with throwing that in wind. But if I have if I have rain, or I feel I need that extra noise, that's where I throw the popping one. Gotcha. You know, uh, I so I was I'm looking at uh, at uh, what, what do you call it? tackle warehouse right now, and I'm like, what's the color of the one that I've got? It's night train. Night train's another good. That, yeah. So night train is is that all black? Uh, it's not all. Well, it's it's mainly black. Uh, it's got. It's, does it have something on a belly? No, it doesn't have. You know what it is? It's got blue, uh, black and blue legs. Black and blue, and it's okay. got like almost, almost like behind the eyes, some detailing back there that's like a little bit white or orange. So take a peek at the one that's called Kiru Frog, K I R U. That's the one I use towards night in Minnesota, and I, I actually that's one that just it didn't follow me back as well. It, I didn't, I, didn't, I haven't caught as many fish out here with it. Oh yeah, it's black and red, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. They like that one. So um, yeah, what's the belly on that? Is it black? It is black. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean. Black. Yep. Dude, you just, you really, you just cannot go wrong. No, I love these frogs. I use, uh, this is the only hollow body frog I use. Yep. If you haven't tried one and you're in the market to figure out what frog's good for you, highly recommend get this one. Although I will just disclaimer, I don't, I have not tried one of those paddle tail ones in many years because I, again, it might've been the first two I got. Yeah. Or it might've been a line. I don't know, but I don't use that paddle tail one anymore. So um, I, I have 
three of those. Uh, yep. Three of the Paddletail ones. They are called the Booyah Toad Runner. That's what they are, Toad Runner. Yeah, the, the Toad Runner. There's a three inch and a four and a half. And so I've got I've got one in bluegill, I've got one in bone, and then I've got one in the the my biggest issue with those frogs are only with the smaller size. And it's I think it's just because that that boot tail that it's got isn't heavy enough to catch the water and give the right action. Gotcha. That's what I think. Using the full size one is pretty damn good. Like I have thrown that because you know, like I, I love throwing a buzz bait. I do. I love throwing a buzz bait. I, I also I kind of like oh, lots of like, you know, uh, horny toads and shit like that. All kinds of shit. But w- the reason why I like this is that it allows me to do a couple of things, and it's for me it's a versatility thing. First off, that toad runner is basically that booyah pad crasher body. Yep, you know it, it, it. It really is. so like the softness, the hooks, everything about it is is awesome. It's got legs, but the thing is that that foot. What I like about it is you can throw that sucker and you can walk that. You know, you can use it the same way you would with a with a pad crasher, but you can also just straight retrieve it, buzz it, and pause it. So it gives like a lot of really great options. It's just, I mean, from from my money. The larger one seems to have a better action. The smaller one seems like that boot tail is just not heavy enough to really churn the water the way that it should. Okay. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, the reg- sounds like the regular size, the regular size, uh, what, was, what was the name of it again? The Toad Runner? The regular toad size runner. Toad Runner. Yep. And the, uh, the Pad Crasher and the Poppin' Pad Crasher. Give it a try, yeah. folks. They are right they out of the box. At, it's great. Yeah, and they're I love. Cheap. I mean, I go. Th- yeah, I go. Th- <laughs> it's one of those lures that's inexpensive and worth every penny. Yep. So it's probably it a, worth a little bit more for the performance you really get out of them. Like, you know, how do you feel about how they fill up with water? I just squeeze it out. I like mean, I said, do, do you feel do you feel like like it collects more water than other models or anything like that? Or because oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like it's it's it stands up it up against almost any other frog that's out there. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, I, I've i had them float with, with after they've been massacred by pike. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely ripped to shreds. And, I mean, they'll eventually sink if sure. they've been torn up that badly. But, yep. um, no, I mean, I don't uh, I don't see any issues with them. Yeah. Um, and also, here's a little trick, old school trick. Yep. If you get a frog that's tore up and it's really bad shape, you know you can put in there to keep it afloat? Cut up floating rubber worms. Oh, really? Okay. Stuff them. You got to stuff them in there. You got to be careful. So you'd have to pull the the body out, and you'd have to slice those things up a little bit. But yep. You can go ahead and uh, and do that. Um, anything else, Bobby? On that? I mean, I, no, I pretty I, much covered. I th- I think they're great. Yeah, I I don't think you can go wrong. I think it's it's a good move. That's uh, that about does it for me. I think I think that's a great frog. That's what, that's the type of frog where I would recommend if somebody's going to go out and buy like a variety of colors, they're looking for a white one, a black one, a natural one, you know, and maybe like a, a bluegill presentation or something like that. Make them those, you yeah. know, you'll Give save a, a little try. bit of money. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to invest a ton out of it and, and, you know, go for it. I think they're they're definitely worth it. But don't sleep on that Kiru frog, folks. Don't sleep on it, for especially you night, you night anglers. Get yeah. out there. Yeah, 100 percent. Get on the night train. All right, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this segment here. We've got segment three. Bill Galakis is coming up, and we have an amazing conversation. Like, this is really, really great. I have had the opportunity to fish with Bill. I know Sean's fished with Bill a number of times. 
we need to make that happen even more regularly because he is fantastic, and this interview shows exactly how great he is. So well, we'll see you guys on the other end of this break. Don't go too far. Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. Alrighty, guys, Bobby Rose Beef here, Jigs and Bigs. We got another interview. This is how you know that it's fall and it's in full effect, and the uh, the fishing has slowed for some folks because we got guests all over the place, and I am delighted. It's my favorite thing ever. Today, we are joined by uh, a Massachusetts boy, uh, MAKB member, Bill Galakis. Uh, Bill, how you doing, dude? How's things? I'm doing good, Bobby. Things are good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to this. Now you're like uh, you're a long term. Like you go a ways back listening to this show and engaging with us. I can remember getting messages from you, like early, like when we started in 2020, like right, almost right away. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I want to say maybe even on like some of the Facebook groups or way back then. So I mean, I think that's awesome. The fact that we can retain people for that long. <laughs> It's just a shitload. But um, I, you know, to start off every interview, I'm a sucker for an origin story. Like we were talking about geek shit with, uh, you know, Sean and stuff and that coming up down the road. Myself, I I love to look at different takes of origin stories and stuff like that. But I want to know your origin story in terms of how it comes to fishing. Like, how were you introduced to the sport? How did you kind of grow to love it? What was the path that we got today? Because, you know, you're you're making a a bunch of really great content, too. Like, how did we end up where we are uh, on tournament? so okay so you know i i I live in and around worcester have been my entire life Mm -hmm. um as a kid you know my family you know we fish but like they were mostly trout fishermen you know a lot of worms and trout and that kind of stuff um so i'm an it guy and about 10 years ago like i just needed something to do on the weekends that didn't involve a screen yeah um and I got into bass fishing. I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick up fishing again. And I was working with a guy who was fishing. And uh, we went out a couple times. And then I turned into an every Sunday thing for me. I was bank fishing wherever I could. Yep. And then, you know, that went on for two or three years. And uh, after that, um, my wife got me a kayak for our anniversary one year. It's awesome. And uh, You married a good one. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it wasn't that hard to fight. So that was good. Um, and then I ended up getting out on the water and that was like, that was the end of it. At that point I was like, oh, this is, this is something I like, you know, it's, uh, 
I really like Alexa because like, I stare at a screen all day and, you know, I have yeah. things beeping at me and binging at me and the phone's ringing and people are talking to me. And, you know, I get out there in that golden hour and you see nothing but wildlife and you hear loons doing their crazy call off mm-hmm. in the background. And you see deer and muskrat and beavers and beavers. Me and beavers have a long and sordid history. I know. They, same. Yeah, I'm with they you. They do not like me. <laughs> um, so then, you know, I had a... I had entered a kayak tournament a couple of years in to mm-hmm. kayak fishing and I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was so outclassed, um, both in, in just skill set and in yeah. just kind of knowledge and equipment. Um, and that was, that was okay. So I, I kind of got out of the tournament scene for a little bit and then, as I got better at fishing and was able to find fish and, and more consistently catch things, I was like, maybe I'll try this again. Yeah. And that's where we are today. Now I, uh, I just finished up my rookie year with, uh, MAKB West and that's, that's, I love it. I'm looking forward to next year. That's awesome, man. It is really, really awesome. It's crazy. Um, you mentioned how like, you know, you worked in a tech sort of environment looking at screens and stuff. You know, I never really even put two and two together. I, I did the same exact thing when I was, I mean, really, I started working there when I was like 20, 19, maybe when I started working in television and I, within a year or two started working as a master control operator, which literally meant I got paid to watch television and it just <laughs> got worse and worse and worse to the point where like I was in a facility where we ran stations from as far away as San Juan, Puerto Rico and as far out like uh, west is Indianapolis. Like oh my God. it was it was just ridiculous. And you know, all out of this one situation that just screens nonstop alarms for everything, constantly dealing with this. And it, you know, there's something to be said about even getting out on the bank, you know, and it's it's just, you know, you, you get a break from all that and it's like you really do appreciate it. So I'm totally not surprised it became an every Sunday thing. Now that you're off the water and you're in the kayak, how often do you go back to bank fishing? Um Never, if I have the choice. Really, really, um, okay. If it, it, the, the I will do it on occasion. I'll do it like with my son. Yeah. Or if I've got like an hour. Yeah, exactly. If I've got an hour, I'll hit a local pond and sure. you know, I'll flip a senko or a small spinnerbait around for a yep. couple of minutes. Yeah. But see, to, honestly, if I've got, if am I kind of at the point where if I've got like only an hour, I don't even go. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like you want to put it l- at least two to three hours in. You know, right. to make it worthwhile. No, I totally, totally get it. It totally makes sense. I, I am one of those. I, I never lost that love for bank fishing. I still get the same amount of joy out of it that I always did. Although I'm not competitive at all. Like I'm not, you know, for me, it's just another another way to uh, kind of go on on an adventure, you know, and, and do, you know, yeah. so whether it's a new body of water or a new section of a, of a, of a spot that I've fished before that I'm in the boat in, then that's awesome. But like for me, I never lost the, the love for bank fishing. I still love it. Like just taking a day and, you know, taking the night before and going on like, you know, Google Maps and putting a bunch of pins in spots that I would love to hit. And I probably pick 12 and probably six of those are actually fishable, you know, and I'll just go spot right. to spot to spot and figure it out. And then I get a routine and I, I, I just live for it. I think it's absolutely awesome. I hope I never lose that, you know, like if the day comes and I keep saying the day's going to come, there's going to be a big boat for Bobby Rose beef, like, uh, you know. I, I say, not getting any younger. That's what I'm saying. Aren't getting any lighter. That that's what I'm saying. It's like I already with the with with my boat. I, I I need a ramp. That boat is just too big to lug through the woods. You know, do anything like that. I gotta have yep. a launch. 
And shit, I might as well have a motor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And some space you know? to bring my wife where she can read a book. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, that's not going to work on the Titan. So the the bank fishing is funny because mm-hmm. I actually used to, because I live pretty close to the Wachusa Reservoir. Oh, yeah. Um, God, I love which Wachusa. Which the fish are the smallies. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to hoof it in there. So, I mean, even if you've it's got an day. hour there. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not someplace you go fish for an hour. No, definitely I mean, there's not. some spots you can. But what happened, though, is I used to make a point of going out to a couple of spots at the reservoir every year. Yeah. Um, typically about this time of year. and Because it was great. But during the pandemic, so many people were outside. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of rules at the reservoir. You know, you're not supposed to be in the water. You're not supposed to be touching the water. You're not supposed to be riding a bike on the trails. You're not supposed to be having your dog at the reservoir. Yep. And all of this is happening. And I'm sitting there going. It drives you nuts. Oh, it makes me crazy. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I tried gently telling people things. Yeah. And, you know, I get told to kiss off and I'm just like, all right, fine. You know? Yeah. People swimming with their dogs in the reservoir and i'm just I, yeah. I so i've stayed away from it for the last couple of years i haven't seen anything that bad i've only fished there a handful of times probably three or four times and usually it's always the same spot i usually fish over well i'm not gonna say where i normally go over there but i've we can talk about that offline yeah exactly i have uh i i've had you know it's feast or famine for me when i go but when it's feast it is fantastic. Lake trout, caught, small, yeah. big, large mouth. Like it is, it when it's feast, it's great. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that is based on spots. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be able to put in some miles on your feet too. For sure. You're willing to. Yeah. You know, that's a big, big part of it. And and, and that's why I, I'm like, for, for me, I think, you know, something like that is, is great. And I could see where living nearby would actually kind of be a detriment because for me, I got to get in the car and drive almost over an hour to get there. When I get there, I'm like, this is great, but I'm not hanging out for an hour. I'm going to spend at least three to four hours there doing some fishing, and then I'll make the drive back home. And there's yep. a formula that Sean kind of turned me on to. He goes, if I can't fish for at least as long as double the time that it takes me to get to a place, I'm not going. Yep. You know? So it's like yep. to make it worth the drive, like I'm not going to go if I can't fish for at least double the time that I'm there. So if it's an hour away, if I can't put in at least two hours – on the right. water, then forget it. I'm not going to do it. And I think I think that's smart, especially when you're like lugging around your boat and all your gear and stuff like that. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a, I actually, I have like the the big the big boat, right? Yep. The big Slayer Max. Oh yeah. But I've also got a smaller. Well, it's actually longer, but it's light. It's like yeah. Native Ultimate 14 and a half that weighs like 60 pounds. Is that the red boat that you've got? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's a cool boat, man. Uh, Sean so it's is that a, an kayak like canoe that. hybrid thing. Yeah, and uh, it's super light, and that's what I use for my like my my quick hitters, like my two or three hour jobs. Yep. Because I can just throw it back of the truck, be loaded up in ten minutes, and go. Exactly makes life a whole lot easier. I've been toying around with the idea of of getting my hands on uh, on inflatable, um, and I mean. Yeah. Those are cool too. If there's an inflatable company that really wants to put them uh, put your inflatable kayak to the to the test, yeah, 
put a big beefy boy in one of those suckers and we'll, we'll see if we can sell you some units. <laughs> that's a pro that's a problem we share is, uh, it's you know. finding the right boat, man. It's tricky. You know, it really, really is. Let's talk it about, is. about uh, specific like bodies of water for you. Are you, there are some anglers out there that are like, they're all about current. They're like, that's where they're most comfortable. Are you better in a river system? Do you like smaller ponds that you can break down the whole thing within like a day? Or are you looking for more like larger bodies of water that maybe you take a section at a time and really dedicate a portion of like season after season to i would say i'm definitely more of a pond guy yep um i like the place so you can kind of do the whole thing in a good day um river systems like i've barely ever fished them yeah um you know we had a couple of tournaments this year we had one on the connecticut river and we had one on the chicopee river in oh, yeah. both cases i kind of went to the most pondy kind of places yeah yeah where it opens up the widest and kind of current slows slows down yeah because yep. i don't I, I just it's out of my skill set i'm completely ignorant of it yeah i mean it's um, definitely a challenge like i've never fished the main river no that's not true i have fished the main river in the connecticut river and i hated it <laughs> But that that said, that said, I was dealing with wind blowing in the same direction as the current that was pretty fast. So, oh god, it was yeah. it was a double whammy. I don't blame the river for that. That was just you know shit luck for you know wind wind direction. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean it's one of those things that I feel like you almost need someone like you know a Sean or a Nelson yeah, or a, I agree. a Jerry Howes or a Scott Rhodes you know yep. these are all guys from MAKB West yep. who grew up fishing that way yep and like they just can't be like so just point things out to you you oh, know yeah. and help you out mm -hmm. you know because like I don't even know where to start <laughs> And it's funny, I do, I finally, after, I think it was 2021, I started to kind of realize the payoff of fishing a river system. Like, there's just such a wider diversity of, of quality of fish, different species. Like, you have so much going on there. But there's for sure a learning curve, you know. And then, you know, it's like the first time I fished Champlain, I, it had never really, like, I never really put any thought into just how massive that body of water is. And then you talk to guys that are like, yeah, I've been fishing up here for 15 years. This is the one quarter of the lake I, I understand. The rest of it's, like, wide open to me. You know, I. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond me. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't, like, wrap my head around yeah. that. And even throwing, like, these little plastic boats in a body of water that size, I'm just like. Man, that is just like, I, I can't even comprehend that. Like, where do you even begin, you know, for what you can cover? Um, you need to dedicate season after season and trip after trip and, like, start taking really, really good notes and stuff. It's it's crazy. Um, yep. Let's get into, like, baits and gear and stuff. What's your, like, if you could give me a short list of your, you know, top three or even top five, like, confidence baits, what are the things that, if you got to get it done, you're going to throw? Well, it's not going to have treble hooks on it. I'll tell yep. you that right now. Yep. Um, no, if I have to do top baits, I mean, I'm going to say a Senko. Yep. I'm going to say a 3.8 or 3.3 to 3.4.3 swim bait. Yeah. Kytec on a, whether it's a, a weedless wide gap weighted hook or if it's on a jig head. Mm -hmm. um, this year, that's been big for me. Yeah, it's, you know, we it's got great. a lot of bait around here. Yep. Um, I still don't know what a shad is, but whatever. <laughs> um, I would say a frog. I throw a lot of frogs. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and then I would probably say some form of a chatterbait. Yeah, gotcha. So that's that's probably the big four for me. I've kind of oh, yeah. always got those tied on. 
Definitely. No, and it's I love I love asking that question because everybody sort of like I had this conversation with these two younger guys and we were talking about we were talking about like the hype of of some I think they specifically said like Guggen Bates, but they're just like, Yeah, I don't think they're any better than anything else. And for the price, it, like you would expect that there's something else there. And I, I threw it out there. I was just like, you know, the thing is, like hype isn't free. You know, promotion and marketing and all that stuff. Like, that's what you're really paying for. And, like, that's what they're doing. I get it. But what they're doing for the the, the benefit of the sport as far as exposing new people to it and, and actually doing something that fishing cool, you know? I mean, as cool as fishing can be. <laughs> you know right, I mean? right. Like, as cool as it can be. They've made it something where it's like, oh, cool, you fish. That's interesting, you know? Uh, so for, for new people. For, so for the growth of the sport, I'm all about that. But the reality of it is it's like... Whatever it is that you're throwing, you know, and I've I've learned this after interviewing all of these guests. There's a couple of things that I always hear. Like I always hear somebody say a Senko. Always. Come on. It's 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 a home run, you know? And you can fish it six different you can fish it weedless, yeah. you can fish it not weedless, like wacky, you yep. know, whatever. Yep. I mean, you can put it on a net head if you want to, if yep. you want to cut it down. It's just super it's, it's so versatile. You can fish it like a jerk bait, you know. You can you, fish it. You can put it as a trailer on a chatterbait. You can. It's nuts. But I there's it's those other ones in between that I always find so interesting. People will just be like, Oh yeah, I can get it done on a crankbait. You know, without even thinking about the body of water or the you know what's going on or anything like that. They're just like, Oh yeah, that's it. And yeah. it's it's that it's there's if there is anything that is truly just freaking magic in fishing, it's confidence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? Um yeah, I would actually probably, probably swim jig in that list too. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, no, it, you know, up here and whereas I fish a lot of ponds, yep. it's a lot of grass, Dope. and a lot of that grass is like early in the year you can you can get away with a shallow crankbait or something yep. like that. And I'm I'm saying that that's that's me. That's, I'm yeah, sure exactly, there are guys around yeah. here who can rip a lipless through you know a hayfield and be fine. Mm -hmm. I I can't, but some people can. I'm sure. Um, but just the aggravation of dealing with treble hooks and just the grass we have everywhere just makes me nuts. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I hear you. I hear you. I have uh, plus, you know, I mean, I, what was I throwing? You just, it was a small crankbait. It was a small, like a micro square bill that I was throwing yesterday just because I was like, well, let's see. This color pattern seems to work. Are they chasing something noisy and something, you know, will this work? So I, because yeah. that's for me, that's what I like to do. I like to try to like figure out like, all right, this isn't working. Like, let's really dial in this pattern. So I threw this little crankbait and I caught this little nibbler. But I, uh, from what I can imagine, basically I snagged him on the rear hook right under the gill plate, like under the jaw, right over oh, there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's probably a swipe. And because I was doing like a burn pause type pattern. Yep. I'll bet you right at the pause. And then when I started burning it again, he moved for it again. And I just snagged him. And I'm like, son of a bitch. You got to be kidding me. Yep. I, uh, it, it, it is freaking bananas. Um, yep. Let's talk. This is this is a question that I love, and I, we do. We get a lot of common answers, but uh, the, the the ones that stand out to me, I love the most. Um, this old saying is that fishing tackle catches more fishermen than it actually catches fish. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think is the most ridiculous tackle trend that's been offered up by the industry to us? And have you been have you used it? Uh, how did it work out? Um, personally. And I'm guarantee you there's a lot of people like, oh no, there's a lot of success on that. Mm -hmm. Tokyo rig. Tokyo rig, really? Tokyo rig. Yep. Nope. I have a couple of them. Yep. I've caught a fish on one. Yeah. I 
I'm just, like, I don't. I, I could fish a drop shot. I could fish a power shot. I die. The the draw. The Tokyo rig. I fine. You know, it's yeah. it is what it is. I don't. I think it's goofy, but again, I'm not the best fisherman out there either. So I was watching. Uh, I forget who it was, and they were punching with a Tokyo rig. That just seems like such a mess. I I'm I, I don't yeah I don't I mean I I'd have to obviously like see the cover and stuff. Like I love punching, but I mean it's just yeah I have a couple too. I just never really think to throw them. You know. Well, that's just it. Like. Yeah, it's there's just a lot going on there. Yep. And again, it, it just like if you're fishing, if you, I can see if you were fishing something rocky yep. or like a clay bottom or wood or whatever, it would bounce through yep. and look pretty good. But again, I fish so many ponds and so much muck and grass. Yeah, it's like it's going to get. I love down wobblehead like the uh, swinging football head jigs, the wobblehead headed jigs. Yep. I, I love them. They're absolutely awesome. I mean, you talk about like, you know, I know that there is a technique for them where you burn them along the bottom. The idea is think about it as like a, a jig hook style crankbait. You know, mm-hmm. you're just dragging those across the bottom and, and you, the idea is they get hammered that way. I, I suppose like a Tokyo rig would sort of be handy in the way that like you could it would lift the plastic up a little bit more and maybe that would yeah. be more effective if you were using something that was really buoyant but yep. i mean i don't really it, like for me it's it's crazy you look at like tokyo rig you look at um texas rigs uh you know and and a, a bunch of these other types of rigs and there's just subtle differences between every single one you know if you find oh, something sure. that works for you just hey let it rip you know, and I'm sure that there's a time and an absolute place where those things slay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there is. Um, you know, other than the Tokyo rig, I I was, I feel like every time I see like the best of iCast every year, I'm like, yeah. what on earth? Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> there's some, gold. some of these things. Yeah, there's some gold that comes out. Like there is, I think, it, is it Shimano has a line of jerk baits now that have this little like a flittering foil yes. thing in it right yeah i'm like that is beautiful but then there's other stuff where you're like come on <laughs> well then it's the bat or the spider or yep. i i don't know it's or it's the ginormous jitterbug looking thing with the wings and uh, i don't know <laughs> maybe i love it man i love it um my favorite thing about fishing is the community i think it's the one of the best things like i mean and you know i mean that goes beyond like you know like the show and stuff but just in general like getting out to fish with people you could be on the water and it could be terrible well shit when we were all at uh at uh buffenville there yep. was a shit day but man i had a blast that day and it's because i was with amazing people we all had a bunch of laughs you know watching the guys boat sink and everything that was fun uh you know <laughs> that guy that was <laughs> oh i'm just glad he got back to shore oh like yeah that, that could have that could have ended really really badly but oh. you know it's i i you know a, a terrible day can be made amazing if you're right with the right group of people what would be yep your top three list of people that you would love to fish with. They can be living or dead. It doesn't matter what they do. They could be pro fishermen. They could be non-fishermen. What do you think? Okay. So I, 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 cause I've listened to enough of your shows. I've thought about this. Um, it would actually be a couple of, actually it's going to be all three pros. Um, okay. It's going to be Paul Mueller, who is a, Mm -hmm. he fishes on the bass side, I think of, of things, but he's from Connecticut. Yep. He's a Northeast guy. I would love to get on a boat with him for a day and pick his brain. Yeah. It's like, that makes okay, Paul, sense. all you hear about in like pro bass fishing is, well, you got to follow the shad or the, the gizzard shad or the herring. It's like, mm-hmm. we're in the Northeast. 
I think the only body of water around here that has shad is the Connecticut River. Yeah. How do you catch fish around here? What are we looking for? Yeah. And I'd love to pick his brain. Um, I would love to fish with John Cox because he just seems like a wacko. Yeah. And he loves fishing shallow. And I'm like, that's, that's my guy. That's your your deal. Yeah. Um, and then I'd probably say, you know, because I would probably say my grandfather who's passed away. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because I mean, I, I fished with him as a kid, mm-hmm. um, but then I didn't fish with him for many, many years because I, I wasn't fishing either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, probably those three guys. That's awesome, man. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, it's a common story. People, they get into fishing and then life comes along and, you know, you get into that high school, college age and you're totally distracted by becoming an adult, you know? Right. <laughs> and then or you, you cleverly put, disguising yourself as one. Exactly. You're figuring out how to get by without actually being an adult in some cases. Right. So it's like you do you do everything you can and then you, you sort of lose touch with the outdoors. And it's like it, it, it's, it's out of this world. I'm sure I'm not the only person that's out there that's like. Like, if there's one thing that I could have done differently in my life, I would have made sure to pick up a rod every once in a while. I don't know if I ever told the story on the show, but there was a, a good year where uh, a, a good friend, my best friend, had uh, inherited his house when his grandfather passed away. And uh, this house was on a lake. Now, he's like, we were, what, 24, 25? And he's oh, like, man. hey. I can't afford to keep this place up myself. So you want to move in and, you know, I'll rent a room with such stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. That'll be great. Yeah. I don't need any appendages to count how many times I've gone on the water there because I never did in that entire year oh. that I was there. It was such a waste. And, you know, talk about just like missed opportunity, like absolutely. And there's no access to that body of water. Like there's no oh. public access. So. It would have been dumb. Yeah. Talk about just absolute boneheaded. Like I deserve it. (laughs) I deserve that. Like, I. but it's like, yeah, if I could go back and do anything different, like I would have at least attempted to fish then, you know, and I just look back. I'm like, man, my skill set would be completely different. Like I put in a lot of work. I'm a different angler today than I was in like 2018 or even even even, even 2020. Like, even 2020, I am a different angler now. But, uh, you know, just imagine how much further and how much knowledge I would have and how many more stories I would have. Oh, yeah. That's just, a, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, that you have that. I mean, you know, experience is what you needed 30 seconds ago, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, or w- maybe it's wisdom. Maybe that's the saying. Wisdom is what you needed 30 seconds ago. Um, but, you know, you have those moments where, you know, you were a kid, you know, you didn't yep. know. Yeah. And just... now, you know, you're into this. You're like, man, I had so a many years yeah. living on a lake. <laughs> I could have been 15 years into my fishing career here and just been oh, that yeah. much better and had that many more great days in the water. I think about had that it. many more bad days. On oh, the water, yeah. Which are still good days. I, um, I think about it like this. I met when I was living in that house. I met my wife. That was 20 years ago. Right. Yes. Yeah. So easy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this time. I mean, that's just hard to get an older too. You know. So this next question is. I think this is kind of becoming one of the more controversial jigs and bigs questions. Um, do you listen to music while fishing? No. No. I do not. All right. Um, I. I do have a little Bluetooth waterproof proof speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have listened to podcasts yep. on the water before. Yeah. 
I I don't know. There's something like I would never wear headphones because I like hearing what's around me. I like, agree. Just in case there's a boat coming, like I like to know about a it. Safety water thing is definitely because sound travels over the water so well. Like you can mm-hmm. hear an outboard, and you go, "Oh, there's a boat coming." So now you're kind of you know looking around and, yep. and making sure you're not going to get clipped. Um, but no, I don't listen to. I don't listen. I just like listening to nothing and or myself talk and or sing horribly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so with that said, what is it that you're listening to on your way to the ramp to get fired up for a day of fishing? Uh, typically podcasts. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, usually bass fishing podcasts. Yep. Um, I follow all like the pro bass tournament stuff. Um, so whether it's like Bassmaster radio podcast or if it's yep. BTL bass talk live, um, or if it's uh what's another, it's like bass edge. Mm-hmm. I used to like the FLW podcast. Because that was a uh, Jody White and mm-hmm. Kyle Wood, I think his name was. Yeah, but Kyle's moved on to doing other stuff, and uh, they don't do like they just do an interview section now. Yeah, um, but I used to like the the bookends of that that show a lot. Um, so yeah, I listen to I listen to bass fishing podcasts yeah. on my way too. It makes sense because it does kind of dial you into what you're you're doing or like where your head is at at least. You know, I I've, I've do the same thing. Like, I'll listen to stuff. Although, that can also be dangerous, too, because I remember I was listening to a show about a specific presentation, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give that a try. And after doing some research afterwards, I realized that the conditions were not right for that specific situation. I think it was like... I think it might have been the Nico rig, tell you the truth. When I first I, I have fall I have fallen into that trap as well. Yeah, it it can be tricky. But it's like it's funny, like I, I, I always talk about like music and stuff where I will find and I've I've actually had instances that I can pinpoint specific times where I knew that I needed to slow down or or i had to you know remind myself to fish faster because that's where where the bite was or whatever it might have been so i'll throw on a playlist that's in that sort of tempo or vibe is just like a little mental reminder and i just keep the volume at like a whisper you know so i'm fully aware of what's going on because i i did i used to like bank fishing i would i would i would wear headphones and i primarily started doing that so i could take a phone call so i don't know what it is is, and maybe maybe other anglers that own businesses as well can can provide some insight here but I feel like if I ever need that phone to ring for a job, for something to do, the best thing I can do is go fishing. Yeah. Some, somebody's going to call me and say, hey, I need a quote for such and such an event. Can, can you do it? Oh, sure. Absolutely. All of a sudden now, I'm just, I, it's been the best thing for my business. <laughs> yeah, that's Murphy's Law, right? It's yeah. like I, where I don't want phone calls. Um, but yeah, I can, I can see that. You know, whereas you do own your own business and you're running everything. Definitely. That's, uh, you got to kind of be available and I can see that. Um, I don't, and you know, I got my phone on vibrate in my pocket or my, my PFD and I'll feel it buzz and I'll check it when I get a minute. Exactly. The eye roll and then the, all right, fine. I got, I got a a buddy of mine that I fish with all the time and, uh, he does not have that ability to ignore the phone. And he has one of these jobs where he is easily, um, the go-to guy for seemingly everything. And oh, it'll even yeah. be on the weekend and the office is closed and his phone is just constantly blowing up. Oh, that's constantly. Tough. And I'm like, oh man, I, I just, I feel, I feel terrible for the guy. I'm like, that is just awful. I'm like, you gotta drop that some bitch in the water. And then, just go, <laughs> hey, sorry guys, you know, I dropped it in the water, you know, nothing happened. And by that, I mean, leave it in the truck. 
Yeah. Learn, learn to love your do not disturb function. Yeah, I think and, it's and, a, put, I th- and put your wife on the uh, the star call so she can get through if she needs to. Exactly. Like if there's an emergency, like well, uh, that's another that's a topic for another another day. We'll talk oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, as far as uh, as like your goals for fishing, like you kind of do a lot. Like I, I in a lot of ways. I think that in order to have like success in the fishing world these days, you've got to kind of be open and flexible. And you do a lot. You do. You create content on multiple platforms. You got a great Instagram profile. You've got a YouTube channel that's absolutely unbelievable. Your production is great. Um, I'm a little jealous of how good your audio is on your vi- on, on your videos. Like I, I don't know what you're using for mics, but it's awesome. Um, and also, like, you do the tournament stuff on top of that. And the beauty about what you do is one hand washes the other. And I, I feel like so many people fall short with that. You know what I mean? Like, you're out and you'll do a tournament, but that tournament is also content. And not only is it content that you can put out, but it's, it's stuff that you can learn from by looking back at it. So it's by recording all of this, you're not only making, you know, content that can, you know, build viewers and create relationships with sponsors and things like that for you to grow with, but you're also able to take this and use it as a tool for yourself selfishly. I think it was Debo that pointed that out to me originally, like creating this content was basically just so to have a logbook in video, you know, of of all this stuff. What would you say your goal is for like the next five to 10 years? If you could, where would you like to see fishing take you? I mean, Good grief. That's that's a funny question. It is. The funniest answer is I have zero ambition to do anything professionally with fishing. Yeah. I, I really I do. It. I love it. Um I, I, I don't I, I'm not act I'm not after sponsors. Mm. I'm I'm happy to support our sponsors. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy to support you guys. I'm yep. happy to support, you know, local, you know, things like that. Um and people that support the things that I like and that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um I have no interest in having, you know, WBG fishing lures or a tackle shop or, or anything. Um, the, uh, the YouTube thing, like, I don't even like, I started it and I was like, like early in the year I was doing videos for like every trip out. Oh yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a shit ton of work. Oh my God. It's so much editing. And so Probably about June, I was like, I'm not doing, like, I'll, I'll record. Yeah. And then if I get something that funny or goofy or interesting happens, I can make a clip of that. That's fine. That, you, I, um, that Exactly. I think, and what's funny is I think that stuff's actually doing better. Like, that's what people want to see. They want to see uh, the highlight. It's short attention span theater yeah. at this point. You know, what uh, reels are 10 seconds long. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, I do, I mean, my recap videos are what, three to five minutes typically yeah and i mean the analytics say at the two minute mark people are gone yeah you know and i mean hey that's that's the way the world is and that's fine yep so yeah no it's 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 interesting because i don't i think debo's right i think what you said about the biggest part of those videos is that i have to review the footage and I learn a lot and I go, why didn't I throw back in there? Why didn't I come back to that spot later? Yes. Why? Oh, I should have done this. And why didn't I fish that gigantic lay down right there? Yeah. Like I, I just drifted by it and didn't turn around and go back to it. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's very much a, a review of your day. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I get a lot out of that. Um, 
So, you know, as the year went on, I just started doing recap videos because I was like, I don't have the time to spend six hours on, on videos. Yep. Cause I mean, I'm not a video editor by trade, so it takes me a long time to do these things. For sure. Yeah. You got to go through everything. A lot of people don't realize, like if you record eight straight hours, it's not what, especially while you're doing an activity, you're not logging that as you go. You know, Whoa. so like you have to watch it back and then log it and then figure out, okay, what do I want to take and how do I build this the right way? And right. And then there's those moments where like creativity will strike and you're like, oh, I could do this. And then all of a sudden you're down this rabbit hole for 15 or 20 minutes trying to make this one transition work. And it's, you like, know, how the, do I put an arrow that goes bing? Exactly. Like that's a two hour op operation for it, me. I don't know how to do it. It, it. Yeah, it takes. I mean, there's there's I, I look at people who are just like, yep, we're putting out a video every single day or three times a week. And I'm like, holy crap. No wonder why you're a full time content creator, because it's a yeah. full time gig, you know? Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I know I know you watch a lot of the YouTube fishing guys. I watch a yep. lot of them, too. And oh, my God. I just watched that. I'm like, that must take so, so long to do. Yeah. And I mean, these guys have editors and, and everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think some of them do it themselves, but. Oh, yeah. Early man. on, I think everybody at one point or another was doing the entire thing themselves. And yeah, you know, it's it, it, it is freaking tough. But like, you know, so it's funny. And getting back to like what you said about how the, the funny answer is that you don't have that that motivation to take things. I think that's a good thing to recognize that. You know, because not everybody has to necessarily be like, I feel like the last couple of years, if anything is, if, 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 if I've learned anything over the last couple of years, it's the, it's when you're working stiff and you're doing working for somebody else, or even like you're a business owner or something, you're just like, I wish I could just get paid to fish. That will never happen. No, it will never happen because nobody is paying you to fish. Even if you're a, a tournament angler of like the highest caliber, they're paying you to sell baits. I That's mean, where the money is. Like you might win in the tournament uh, or I mean, you could fill your walleye with lead sinkers and fillets and pliers and such and you could win that way, too. Uh, oh <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? I'm never going to let that go. I think that is hilarious. Um but the uh, it, it that's the thing. I mean, you, what you're doing there is like it's all about again. One hand washes the other. The tournaments feed the industry for baits, and I mean, most anglers that are out there are not competitive anglers. They're weekend warriors, and they're like yeah. ripping chatter baits off, breaking off left and right, and they're like, "I gotta buy some more." They're like, "You should buy the jackhammer. It's gonna go. It's gonna catch everything." You know. <laughs> It it's, is a good bait, though. It, it is a good bait, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's just it it's it's absolutely bananas, you know. It's I mean, you watch a way in, and they're like, "So, Bob, how did you uh? What'd you catch?" You He's like, "Well, I had my trocar hook on my Zoom brush hog, and I did that on my Abu Garcia, whatever, with my Sunline fluorocarbon on my you know Fenwick rod, and in my Ranger boat with my Yamaha motor and my power pole, you know, zero water anchors and my main code of GPS. And it's, it's like, oh my God. It's almost like if they were like, okay, here you go. Bake a cake. Here's a list of the ingredients and none of the instructions. Good luck. Yeah. Right. Good luck. I mean, you know, I go back to, you know, I think back to when I first started bass fishing, you know, whatever, 10 years ago, call it. Yep. And I would hear, use a, a square bill in the spring and i go out and i buy four square bills yep and i had 
every color of Senko or Yumdinger or Stickbait or whatever yeah. you could think of. And like I would see a video and they'd be like, oh, use this, use that. You, I have so much stuff just sitting in a bin in the basement that has not seen the light of day yep. in five years. <laughs> it's freaking scary. Like, so if there's uh, anybody new listening to this, you, you can pick any color you want just as long as it's Green Pumpkin. Yeah. And go from there. Actually, that's a great follow uh, transition to the next question is this. Let's say you have uh, a friend or a coworker or somebody that approaches you and they're just like, you know, Bill, I'm thinking about getting into fishing like, you know, or maybe they just started and they're having a little bit of difficulty. What's some advice you would give a newbie? Oh, boy. Um, this is funny. This ties back into the YouTube ambition mm-hmm. is I, I'm not an authority on anything. So. If someone came to me and said, hey, what what do I do to catch a bass? I'd be like, okay, get yourself a seven-foot-long spinning rod, yep. medium or medium-heavy. Um, get yourself, you know, spinning reel, obviously, you need for that. Yep. Throw. I'd probably just tell them to go with, you know, mono. Yep. By 10 to 12 for the spinning rod, probably 10. And then get a pack of five-inch Senkos. Or, you know, you guys like Ned Rigs. A lot of people like Ned Rigs. I'm deficient in Ned Rig. Um, I'm just, I don't, I'm an idiot when it comes to them. I just don't get them, which isn't stupid, but it's the truth. Um, I would tell them to get a Senko and learn how to skip them under bushes. (laughs) Oh, man, I think that's that's a home run. You know, get two different kinds of hooks. Get a 4-Aught EWG and get a size 1 VMC weedless wacky. That sounds like a commercial right right it there. does but that 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 size one vmc weedless nico hook yeah is awesome for a five inch senko works on a six inch senko too oh yeah yeah and it's 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 nice because that, that's the one it's got like that u-shaped wire that goes underneath the barb no is no it's one? got the two monofilament oh it's got those two little spikes that kind of yeah. stick out oh, okay but that's the... i mean it's not totally weedless but no. it helps a lot no, absolutely. There's, I forget what the hook is that I'm thinking of. It's got like this little U-shaped wire that hooks underneath. Yeah, and it's I, the weedless wacky one. Yep, I know what you're talking and about. And that sucker is just, it's it's crazy. I, I almost wonder like if it's costing me strikes. But then again, I've also had like, I forget who it was that made this chatterbait, but I did have a bladed jig that had a similar weed guard and it was fantastic. And I think, really? yeah, I think I just got, I was bank fishing. I got it uh, in a rocky area and I think I got it lodged between a couple of rocks and I ended up breaking it off. I was like, you son of a bitch. But chatterbaits, yep. I am known. That is the number one bait that I lose. 100%. Um, I'll throw I them in I lost a lot more baits. I lost a lot more baits fishing from the bank than I ever do in a boat. 100%. For sure. I lose yep. very few when I'm in the boat. Uh, yep. When I'm when I'm on the bank. Because you don't get them. <laughs> it comes, that's exactly it. Like I'm, And you're also willing to do it. You're like, okay. Uh, uh, although... There's some times where I'm like, I have actually sat there and I'm like, do I go in there and get this bait? Or if I've caught a fish there and I know there's other fish that could be in there, I might just break that son of a bitch off and not blow the spot up. So I got a tip for you. Yeah. Um, I learned this from BTL, actually. Um, There's a BTL does a a day four segment with Frank Scalish, who is a, a former pro fisherman. Okay. And. And they were talking about this exact thing, like getting hung up in a lay down. And, and he goes, cut it off and put a bobber on the end of the line. He goes, yes. That's genius. He goes, get one of those like baseball sized bobbers. Yeah. Cut it off, put it on the end of the line, throw that in the water, 
continue fishing the laydown. When you're done fishing the laydown, go get your go lure. get the bait. God, that is genius. Yep. Oh my god. Oh wow. Okay. All right. So many ideas are coming to mind right now. Like the marketing elements of my brain are just going crazy. Yep. Holy shit. That is awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah I mean, gonna... he said that. I was like, that's so stupidly simple. I can't believe I never thought of that on my own. Oh my God. It, and it's that type of ingenuity when you're just like, oh yeah, that's yep. right. Dummy put something that floats there and go back to it. You know, right. makes all the right. sense in the world. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a great idea. Cause I have, I've been like, and this is also why I don't buy jackhammers. You know, I buy <laughs> the OG Z man uh, chatterbaits. If I'm buying a, a chatterbait brand or I buy my uh, my my bladed jigs from Klondike Custom Creations because they always always get bit. There you go. Shameless plug. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> you're welcome, Matt. Um, I I I gotta tell you though, man, it's it's just it's it's crazy. Like the adventure that fishing has brought me on, I am more thankful for than than like I'm as thankful for that as I am like my kids. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> honest to God, like these, these, the last handful of years have been the the most uh, fun I've had in my life. Absolutely amazing. Like, and this yep. is when people talk to me, they're just like, they're like, oh, you fish. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. You know, middle-aged guy, you know, whatever. Okay. But then they, right. they kind of get an idea of like how passionate I am about it. And like, you know, I'll tell them about some of the trips that I've gone on and some of the stuff that we've done. And they're like, oh, okay. Hey, all right. Okay, so this isn't just going and sitting on a white bucket and uh, you know catching whatever and you know poaching a bunch of fish. You know what I mean? Right. You're, you're right. actually going out there and like you're 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 chasing after something. You're trying to like get onto that next thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's awesome. It's now, your thing. Yeah. Have Have you traveled anywhere specifically? Like I'll say, like outside of the state, specifically, or I would say actually, really like outside of New England specifically to fish. No, I haven't. Um, I'm not much of a traveler. Yep. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not that. Like, I, I'm not into that. I, I'm kind of the four day vacation vacation guy. Yeah. Like, I go someplace for a few days and then I just kind of want to get home again. Yep. Um, sleep sleep in my own bed. You know, nothing that wrong with kind that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as my son gets older, though, and you know, he likes fishing. Um, he's not the crazy about. It. He's you know ten. Yeah. So. But we, we go out a few times a year and we have some fun with it. That's um, awesome. We do little mono mono tournaments that I manage to lose every time. That's he awesome, the, though, man. That's he, he makes the scoring system. So, oh, okay. You, know, <laughs> you get a point per fish, and you know, I think he's like, if you catch a muskie, you win. I'm like, kid, you catch a muskie in this pond, and oh yeah, you, I, I'll give it to you. But uh, yeah, so you know, as he gets older. Um, I, th- I would love to do like a Father's Day trip, like up to Canada to catch pike, you know, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff as he gets older. Um, right now, you know, he's just not of that age. Yeah. I mean, it, it's and it's there is nothing like that, like going like the it, the bug bit me when we did Champlain, you know, I mean, yeah. that's that's we were we were so far up in like brand new water. I had never fished for it. So funny. I just last night I saw the guy who owns the uh, the cabin that we rented when we went up there and uh he he took us out he was he happened to be in town that day for a going away party for one of the neighbors they had sold their cabin and they were that was their last weekend there so he was up and he says yeah he's like is it cool he's like i know you guys are gonna be up there that weekend he's like is it cool if i just crash on the couch and then head out he's like actually i'll take you guys out on the boat
boat uh, that following morning, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I happened to right. go with my dad, and we had a great time. It was absolutely out of this world. But, like, th- those types of trips, like, yeah, and you go, you know, three, four days, something like that. You fill it with as much adventure as you can, and then you come back, and it's, it, you know, sleep in your own bed, you know, get back to, yep. to, to real life. It is, you just create amazing, amazing memories. Yep. And again, it's not, you know, you can have a great time and not catch a damn thing. Yeah, that's exactly you know, it's, it. It's that kind of thing is very much about who you're with yep. and the time you're spending with them. It's so funny. Like I, I talk all the time, probably too much about how I am just really not interested in the tournament side of of fishing at all. But uh, at the same time, when Sean talks about like the get togethers, like for the EKF stuff, especially, and like, you know, a bunch of guys go and they fish, you know, there's one body of water and they're there for like three nights. And, you know, like it's just this whole, whole thing. I got a, a little taste of that when we went and we fished the salt on uh, over the summer. And I was yep. like, okay, so this I can get down with. Like, I, I almost yeah. would consider just like paying the donation because that's the thing. I'm like, you know, I don't feel right tagging along to all these tournaments and taking up a spot on the water. Not that I'm going to catch anybody's fish. You know what I mean? But like, I'm like, there's other shit going on. I'm not a part of that. Like, it's all good. But the fucking camping and stuff, I'm all about that. I think that yeah. is absolutely awesome. Yeah, no, I, I could I could see myself getting into like that kind of weekend trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think and I think they kind of figured it out, you know. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. I think I think EKF is top, top notch. Like they deliver yeah. well, great organization. I mean, yeah, you know who's running it. And yep. I mean, you know, Ken has the Ken doesn't mess around with MAKB. Nope. You know, he does it's 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 run, you know, I'll say tight ship. It's not that he's a dictator, but oh yeah, you know. It's 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 above board and it's very well run. Um, everything's very transparent. And oh yeah, communicated well, so that's great. Um, but no, I think those guys got that figured out this summer. You know, they figured out go up Thursday. You know, do their thing on Friday with the prefish yep. tournament day Saturday, and then we're not fishing Sunday. You know, we all got to get back to real life. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I think they kind of figured that out, and that sounds like something I could very much get down with. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Are there any like specific bodies of water that you are just like they're on your bucket list? You would love to hit them. I, I you know, I want to. I've never done this despite living in Massachusetts my entire life. I've yep. never been out in the Quabbin in one of those rented boats. Oh man, we should do it. You know, I know we should. And it's like it's just a matter of setting aside the time and actually doing it. Yep. Um, that I would love to get out on Candlewood. Um, again. Champlain sounds awesome. I'd love to get up to Squam. I've heard Squam is fantastic. You know what? And I have too. I've never fished up there. Me, me either. Yeah. Um, and it's not the washing machine that Winnipesaukee gets the reputation of being. Yeah. I can't speak to it directly, but that's what I understand. So, yeah, those local ones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff locally, like even like down by the Cape. Like I've never fished a lot of that stuff down there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, this year with MAKB West, I hadn't fished six of the seven places we fished isn't that i fished i had fished one one lake that's in of that whole of that whole season um and even the championship was on quinn sig which is 15 minutes from my house yeah i fished it never that's it's it's just wild the way that works now let me ask you this in terms of that one body of water that you had experience with was it like a night and day sort of situation for you? Did you go into it with a different kind of feeling? Like where was your head at because you had fished it or what were the differences between that and the rest of the sea, the rest of the trail? So 
the differences there were, mm-hmm. like I said, I already had familiarity with how it laid out, kind of yep. the structure of the lake. Um, so I didn't have to go looking. I didn't have to do as much homework. Yep. You know, I wasn't yeah. looking at Navionics. I wasn't looking at Google Maps as much because I kind of knew how it laid out. Um, I still went and pre-fished it. I pre-fished it for maybe two hours. Yeah. You know, just poking around a little bit. Yep. Um, whereas everything else, like I spent a day, like basically mapping out a lot of these places. Oh, yeah. You know, because because Navionics, like the web app, you know, gives you pretty good detail and gives you some good yeah, ideas. It's but solid. It's not, ac- it's not always accurate. Though. No. And, and I kind of want to get eyes on it and go, yeah. okay, where's the grass? Where's the pads? Where's yeah. whatever? And Google Earth can help with that, too. Sure. But it's but, you got to have, you know, actual physical eyes on the situation, you know, see yep. it with your fish finder to know like, hey, maybe the grass, you know, grew in uh, more densely or something like that or extends a little further than maybe you would thought. So those lines are a little bit different or, you know, yeah. or the, the water level is a little bit lower. So now you're dealing with different depths and that's, you know, affecting, you know, who knows, you know, maybe you've got mats now that you maybe never had before or something. Who knows? Or or you find drains or things yep. like that and you go, oh, how about that? Yep. You know, and, yeah. and just little th- or new lay down or something, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. New lay downs are, are huge, man. You New stuff is always great. I love it. Big storm yep. comes through. And I just this year that was I dedicated a whole lot of time to a body of water that was just super local to me. So I've been dropping the boat in there at least twice a week and getting out there, getting on it. And there were a couple of nights where, you know, I would be getting home from work and, you know, we'd we'd have a storm and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, hey, you know, maybe maybe some of this heavy wind is going to blow a tree down or something. And yeah, sure. A couple of times over the summer I would go over and I'm like, that guy's new. Let's yep. give it a week and see what happens, and then all of a sudden, bam! And I, I just, I just that that body of water, that that body of water, that new laydown. Uh, it was probably about six weeks, but I pulled an eighteen off of it, you know, uh, with a yeah. popper, and I'm just like, yeah, beautiful. I'm, I love it. Yep. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable, dude. Um, when you're going out to fish a tournament, or even for fun fishing, or anything like that, what's your general like rod and reel like arsenal look like? So. I care. I tend to carry about six rods. Um, yep. I got two spinning rods, both seven foot long, medium fasts, mm-hmm. fifteen pound braid, and then I'll change the leaders around a little bit. Yep. You know, if, whether it's eight pound fluoro, ten pound fluoro, mm-hmm. or you know, ten pound mono sometimes, but not usually. Um, and then I've got, you know, four casting rods. Um, you know, one's a frog rod, one's yep. a, a jig rod. I got a chatterbait rod and then I have kind of a, a lighter, like a medium lighter sort of casting rod that yep. I use for the things with travel hooks when I throw them rarely. Sure. Um, or uh, if I throw a, a smaller, lighter chatterbait or spinnerbait. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you see some guys, and I mean, they're going. I mean, I'll I'll say Kenwood because I counted the rods on his kayak at the championship. <laughs> he had twelve or thirteen rods on him. And I'm like, wow. Now, it I is say, nice. and I giggle. Yeah. However, yeah, I could do what I need to do with three rods. Yeah, I'm lazy. I'll call it efficiency. Yeah, I'm lazy. Yeah. I just don't want to retie that many times. Um, and I actually want to go to eight for next year. I want another spinning rod and another casting rod set up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm very similar like that. Where if I'm bringing out all the rods, uh, I I'll have 
uh, I'll have two spinning rods. I have a medium light and I have a medium. Uh, the medium light's a 7.3. The medium is a 7-foot. That medium is sort of like my... I'll say like my finesse Swiss army knife, you know, I'll I'll do a lot of of different stuff with that. And if I'm bank fishing, that's the only spinning rod that I'll bring out. Um, Mm -hmm. The medium light, I will fish uh, almost exclusively with a drop shot or that, that, that rod does double duty because I also throw like trout lures and stuff with it. Um, So that's something different, but on the kayak that is rigged with a drop shot almost, uh, uh, almost exclusively. And, uh, and it works. I, I, I love that combo. It's great. My, um, then I've got I've got a, a 7.2 medium casting rod that I usually throw with more like moving presentations. Uh, that's like I like to throw. It's a, it's a yeah, it's a 7.2. So it, it's not it's a 7.2 medium fast, but because of that extra length, it's got enough tip where you know I'm not I don't lose fish with uh you know treble right. hooks or anything like that. So like I'll throw like a rattle trap on that. I'll throw you know a, a square bill or something. But I'll also I'll throw like I'll throw a weedless senko on it. You know if uh or a fluke i'll throw i'll throw a fluke on that as well um it's you know because it's a little bit lighter i can throw those lighter baits and stuff and it's it's not a problem and i've actually uh i actually i I caught my pb on that rod um nice yeah i caught my pb on that rod throwing throwing a jerk bait with it and uh you know i'll generally all if if it's like a moving presentation like treble hook or something I'll, i'll throw it on that i have a seven foot medium heavy um baitcaster that I throw primarily jigs with. I throw jigs and swim jigs for the most part. Um, I'll throw, you know, I can throw spinner baits with it and chatter baits and stuff as well. Uh, but that's the thing. I like the versatility. But that rod and that seven foot medium, the seven foot, the two seven foot rods, I always take with me where, wherever I'm going. Because yeah. for versatility, I can do it all there. I have a frogging rod, uh, and I've got my swim bait rod, uh, which is the seven eleven extra heavy. Yeah, you got that big, big thing. Yeah, that's, that's something I'm just not, I'm not into at all. Yeah, it's a different style of fishing entirely. I really, I genuinely believe that. Like, I almost think that conventional bass fishing and swim bait bass fishing have less in common than swim bait bass fishing and fly fishing have in common like there is more in common with the two of those because i i i that's i that's a real broad generalization but i feel like it's so separated from like conventional bass fishing where the the real way to do it is just to take that one single rod but the reason why i like to carry it is when when it's a tough day this this year i've really kind of put a lot of emphasis on when it gets tough go to the extremes size yeah. wise and if you're going to go like i i will always and i tend to always lean i'm much more of a finesse angler so i will always lend my my direction down to slower and smaller but at the same time like when i was fishing i was fishing a uh, i was fishing a1 um and i got on one fish on a ned and that was you know i had uh, i had a bite at a uh, a swim jig um and then i said okay well you know not missing anymore let's size down so i threw a ned i caught my first it was a 14 i then caught a 17 and a 19 on a a four and a half ounce wake bait because i was like at a1 yeah that's a big treble hook bait that's a giant treble hook bait what, when it, what what time of year we like because i only fished yeah. a one for the first time this year and i fished in april yep 
and I fished it in June, and it was choked up in June. It was when did we when did we fish there? Was it sometime in July or early and August? You were you you were able to throw a wake bait there. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, what I did was I lined myself up along the weed edges, and yeah. I I basically and that's not to say like it took some figuring out where to cast because I brought <laughs> some salad in, but what I was looking to do was basically just like like tickle the edge of those weeds and yeah yeah, it was i it was it was something man it was absolutely out of this world but it's it is i think that like having like if you're gonna go to the extremes and you're gonna fish small you know i'd rather you know it it might be it's an eight foot fucking rod (laughs) you know what i mean but it's a big rod i'd rather have that on there in case i gotta throw it you know what I mean? So yep. at least it gives me the option because that's my whole thing. I'm all about versatility and versatility, bank fishing and versatility, kayak fishing and versatility, big boat fishing. They're totally different ball games. Absolutely. You know, it's just absolutely. I'd agree with that. It's freaking bananas. Let's like get when I bank fish. I don't even bring a bait caster. Oh, I bring, really? a me- I bring a medium heavy spinning rod and I bring two medium spinning rods because I find that when I bank fish, I end up in tight quarters a lot. Yep. And I'm I need room to operate with a bait caster. Like I, I can't have trees around me and everything else. Like I will end up with the night biggest nightmare backlash in my other planet. You know what's so wild about bank fishing is that for me, the technique that bank fishing forced me to get really good with is pitching. I just really got into doing that yeah. reasonably well this year. Very, very important for me. And also like I never really thought about this before I got into the kayak, but having the butt end of your rod be shorter. And yep. for me, I've got a little Tyrannosaurus arm. So it's like, <laughs> like we're talking about tiny little butt ends there so that you have more articulation with your wrist and it's not like banging up against your forearm. Yeah. Um, I've found it's that. even worse when you're sitting down with a PFD. On. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it is, it's that much worse. Like I don't have to pitch or flip when I'm, when I'm in there. Like that's a nice thing about, about, about kayak fishing is like, if I have to make really accurate casts, like roll casting, like right parallel with the surface of the water is very, very convenient. You can get really yep. good with that. Yeah. Um, punching is different. Punching is one of those things where I got to stand up in my boat to do it, you know, to do it and do it effectively. All right. So you're braver than me because I can stand up and fish in mine and, and I will, yep. but I won't do it for anything that I need to like jack them on. Yeah, like if I'm yeah. flipping into weeds or I'm fishing a frog, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to crack them or I'm fishing a jig in wood. Yep. And I'm going to crack them with it because I know I'm going to lay into it. And, and you're going you're over. You're going to hear a sploosh. Like I'm going in. There's I don't no think, doubt in my mind. I don't think I've only, I've only ever punched from the kayak once and it would have been the worst day to fall in the water. But uh, luckily I, I didn't even get a bite. I didn't even get a bite. Like, right. It was just ridiculous. Um, uh, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's nuts. But for me, ba- uh, bank fishing that, that taught me a ton. And it was like, cause I was the same way. I'm like, yeah, it's just, I can do so much more with a shorter spinning rod when I'm out there. But then I'm like, yeah, when I want to throw this, half ounce jig you know it's like and this is when i had only like a seven foot medium you know i'm like yeah that's not really gonna do the job you know i I should probably bring out a bait caster and when i put together a combo that was decent like and i figured out how to pitch and get like some decent distance and worked on my accuracy and stuff and got that together i realized that i I was able to do a whole lot more and it was it was definitely a good thing but yeah that was I, i i totally get that you know 
bank fishing, bringing out, and less is more. And, and what's funny is, like, for me, depending on the time of year, will change when I'm bringing out. So I might bring out, like, two bait casters and a spinning combo, you know, the two seven-foot combos. And then that third one, if it's, you know, in the spring or in the fall, it's more than likely it's going to be that seven-foot medium. If it's yep. the middle of summer, it's going to be my frog rod. You know, right. And and then it's like so like I usually try to limit it to three for the most part. What I'm what I'm taking out there. It's tough to carry more than that. And yeah. And, and move and be it exactly. just gets unwieldy. Yeah. I got a, a buddy of mine that will go out and he will bring six rods and oh. he's got them all lined up and he's just like, I, I, I get it. You know, I'm, it, there's a certain level of convenience like, oh, hey, I missed, you know, or I, I, <laughs> I broke off. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go throw this instead instead of retying or uh, having a follow up bait. That's always a great idea. But yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it's one of those conveniences. It's tough as a bank angler to have. Um, so let's get to this is like the the oh, no, I forgot this one question. This is huge. So I'm going to skip the chicken question because I think you Thank and I God. have already talked about that. I what I want to know, though, is this like I don't know if you saw I recently I did a reel on the Bobby Rose Beef Instagram and that reel was uh, it was me eating a KFC famous bowl with the song uh, I Have Nothing from Whitney Houston playing in the background. <laughs> now, now for those that don't understand, Pat Oswalt did this as a bit in like early 2000s and talking about how these things are the most popular items and America has spoken with KFC and they want their, their failure food served in a sad, sadness bowl. So this week at Trivia, I played around and did this... Uh, what do you call it? Um, this this uh, round of music to play while eating your KFC bowl, and it was depressing. Um, but I forget where I was going with that and why I, I dropped into that whole little wormhole there. But uh, it, let's say you had fantastic. It, was it was it Adam? It might have been Adam Blamecki that that had reached out and uh, and said that this would make a great question about. Let's say you go out and you're fishing, and it is just horrific like it is t the worst day ever you broke a rod you lost a bunch of freaking jackhammers you caught no fish other than like maybe dink rock bass and you're just you're just done you're like am i am i actually on facebook marketplace selling my kayaks what am i doing now what am i what's happening in my life what are you filling for sadness food in your your failure bowl where <laughs> like when you go out to get that that breakfast or that lunch after fishing that that terrible day what is what are you using to to ease the pain um okay so this actually ties in with your chicken question okay because it's gonna be you know bt smokehouse and stir dude right? i love bt smokehouse uh, okay so bt's open bt's fried chicken what a mile and a half from my house are you? I didn't even know that this was a thing, it's man. In, it's in Worcester at the corner of Park Avenue and Chandler Street. BT's Fried Chicken. Fuck me. Oh. Yeah, dude. So Brian if I am going for, I need to, you know, comfort the cockles of my heart. Yes. I am 100% going to BT's. I am getting the Nantucket hot. I am oh. getting a cup of mac and cheese. I am getting a piece of cornbread. You know, I may wash it down with a beer or... An orange dry, a polar orange dry. Oh, yeah. You got to love it, man. <laughs> it's oh. absolutely going to be BT's. You earned it. Thank you. That is amazing. 
I I am spending my afternoon today going for a ride to uh, track down some foliage, damn it, uh, with <laughs> with uh, queen beef, and I might uh, adjust this route so that right around dinner we hit Park Ave in Worcester. And uh, there you go. Yeah, that you might have to be the plan. That is, fr- I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, oh man. my, it's, and it's God. good. Yeah. Oh, I can get down with that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> so now, like the ultimate sort of story here uh, with uh, this show or, or, you know, the cornerstone of it all is it's all about fishing stories. And there are two that we want from you, Bill. We want that story where either you, uh, you know, like, like, well, really, the two stories we want are the one that you're most proud of on the water. It could be a PB. It could be like a new species. It could be, you know, maybe something happened on the water and you were able to like lend a helping hand or something. But that story when... That's like the story you would tell to somebody at a party about that happened on the water that you're just like, oh, yeah, well, that happened. And then the other story we want from you is the epic fail that the biggest of which no angler has any shortage of. No. Yes. No. Um, you know, it's it's the it's the poker line, right? You don't remember your big wins. You remember your bad beats. Oh, definitely. So. Uh, the. Okay, so you know everybody catches a PB, and, yeah. and those are those stories are fine. This past Labor Day weekend, um, I went out to a local place, and uh, you know I was fishing, and I was I went out, and it was because I I knew it wasn't gonna be too busy. Um, you know, holiday weekends, I don't want to be out anywhere where there's yep. be a lot of boats because I don't feel like getting killed by someone's been drinking all day. Exactly. So I'm fishing at this local pond, and I hear this gigantic splash behind me, and I'm like. That was either the largest fish I've ever seen in my life, or I turn around and I can see okay. some dude hanging onto the side of his boat. <laughs> and I can see his buddy looking over the boat at the edge of the boat at him. And they're just floundering. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it for a minute. Like, are they going to sort this? And it didn't go well. They weren't getting anywhere. So, you know, I, I reel up and I just, you know, pedal my way over there. I get over there and it's an older guy. I mean, this is like my grandfather's in the water. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in the water. And then my other grandfather is the one like looking at him in the water. And I'm like, oh, oh, just get on the trolling motor, pull yourself to the bank, and he can get back in. The guy's like, I don't know how to run the trolling motor. Oh, so, man. Oh, boy. So now I, I, I'm trying to get the guy, you know, he's kind of half deaf and he's whatever. And I'm like, grab onto the kayak, I'll pull you over to shore, and then yeah. I'll come out and I'll get the boat, throw me the bow line, I'll pull the boat over to the shore, and we'll get you going. This seems like a pretty simple operation, yeah. right? Yeah. These boys have been on the water since dawn, and they're hammered. Oh, uh, Were they fishing, or were they just out? Oh, they were fishing. Oh, okay, all right. And they were cocked. And... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, giving anglers a good name everywhere. <laughs> oh dear God! And I'm just like, okay. So, I get I get Grandpa in the water. Yep. To finally let go of his boat, like he's trying to hang on to his boat and my boat, and have me pull everybody to the shore. And I'm like, dude, this isn't gonna work. I'm yeah. like, just let go of your boat, and I'll like, we're we're 15 feet from shore. Yeah, exactly. He's got no PFD on, of course, or nothing, and he's cocked. And I'm like, oh god, because okay, why would you? You know, right. Exactly. So I get him into like three feet of water and he's still like, he looks like, you know, Randy from a Christmas story. He's like, (laughs) oh, I can't put my arms down. And I'm like, stand up. (laughs) 
which he finally does. He's like, oh, hey, look at that. I'm in three yeah. feet of water. Perfect. <laughs> so, so then I get the other guy and eventually I get him. I get him back in. And they get back in their boat, and, and I'm like, okay, you guys good? Oh, yeah, thanks a lot, thanks a lot, cool, cool. Now, I figure their day is over. Oh, no, they went right back to it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm staying away from you guys. Yeah. But you know what? I didn't know they were bombed in the beginning, and I you know, I don't wish any real ill will on anyone. Oh, sure. Or anything. So I was glad to have helped them. And got them back on their way because yep. I don't know what would have happened otherwise. But uh, <laughs> just stand you up, know, <laughs> just stand up, man. You're in three feet of water. So I got, I got them, and I would like to think that you know any one of us would help. Oh yeah, that sort of yeah. Situation out even after finding out they're cocked. But after that, I definitely gave them some distance. And when they started doing donuts around the lake, I'm like, and that's my cue to leave. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> Right. So that was good. That was the good one, right? I was, I was, I'm happy to have helped. Yeah, of course. Um, the Hua Hua would have been October of the first year I got my kayak. Oh, okay. So it's 50 degrees out. It's mm-hmm. the beginning of October. The water was, it might have been mid October. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing, I, I don't know any better. I'm first year in this thing. I'm wearing, you know, work boots, socks, jeans cotton t-shirt big old cotton hoodie i got a pfd on i'm not an idiot yeah you know i'm wearing nothing but cotton and i had it was a predator mx great boat loved it very very stable this is nothing against the boat oh yeah and i went to put my rod on the gunnel and i dropped it and uh and it went in the water and i snatched at it and I missed it, but I could still see it. But due to the refraction of the water, it looks like it's closer than it is. Oh, yeah. And I leaned too far over to the side. And that was it. Boosh. And I knew it. As soon as I knew I was going over, I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I hit the water. You know, I have that. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, God. And I was in the water. I'm like, okay, this water isn't that cold. I'm not going to die, you know, from freezing cold water. It, you know, yard sale, you know, boat completely turtles. Yard sale stuff is everywhere. I can't, I haven't practiced how to flip the thing back over again. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm just swimming the boat back to shore. I flip it over, get back in the boat, collect my yard sale. And of course I'm as far from the launch as I'm going to get that day. Exactly. This was actually at Buffenville. Oh, okay. I was oh, down ouch. the south end of the south basin. Oh my God. So you, and I, you and had I flipped it over. Of, yeah. You had a ways to go. Oh, I did. And I was on a paddle boat. And so, and I mean, so now I'm, when I'm out of the water, now I'm shivering. You're freezing, And yeah. so I'm paddling my butt back to the ramp. And I mean, again, now I'm sweating, so I'm fine. But the second I got back to the ramp and I stopped, back to the shivering. Fortunately, I had some clothes in the truck and I just. That's good. You know, somebody, hopefully, I don't think anybody walked by and saw a big, fat, naked guy at the ramp. But, you know, I had and, to strip And out. if they did, you know, it's Massachusetts. We're pretty liberal with that shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, live your best life, bud. Yeah, right. Hey, I'm not hurting nobody. Just let me be. Oh, my God. That's brutal. So, yeah. So I learned a couple of valuable lessons that day. Now, um, fortunately, it didn't end badly. On your um, YouTube channel, and I think I think you actually put this on Instagram as well, you've got a, a tip for boat owners regarding like a home, almost like a ladder system uh, that's made of rope, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a rescue ladder. Yeah. Um, 
it's 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 not it's it's a uh, strapping like nylon strapping. Yep. And it's got two loops in it. One's a uh, you know for your foot, and one's to help lug you over the edge of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, these boats aren't getting any smaller. Right? No, they're not. And you need the leverage you know? to flip them. Right. You so know? you can use that for the leverage to flip the boat back over, and then also to help you get yourself back in the boat. Fortunately, you know, knock on wood, I haven't needed it. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's something I did pick up to uh, to have just in case. It's a great idea. So if you ever find yourself in that situation, like this will be something you're you're thankful for. In fact, I've seen some videos where folks will use I is it, I forget the the name of the company. If it's I might even be Rogue that makes this, but there's a leash that's got a, a rubberized handle. And uh, it's got a, like a fastener or, or a beaner around the other side. So you could hook it to a, a, a grab point on your boat and use it, you know, if you're standing up. Like I know Sean, Sean does this all the time where like he would use this to help give a little bit of leverage. Like when you're tall like he is, you need it to stand up yeah, from that angle. Yeah, stand up strap. Yep. Um, and it's super helpful. But once that sucker's in the water, you can go and reattach it and then use that to throw it over. I think it was Chad Hoover did a video about yep. same idea. But like, yeah, having something there to let you flip that boat over because no way from the water you're going to turn that over if it's well, I mean, one it's, of these modern day fishing kayaks man they're heavy as yeah shit. it's it's they're they're big they're heavy yeah. and i mean they're made to float yep you know so trying to get the leverage over a three foot wide boat from in the water is is difficult yeah exactly so freaking bananas bill um why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know where about uh they can track you down and see some of the content that you have going on stuff like that if uh, anybody's got questions where they can message you chance to kind of promote yourself go for it it's real easy uh it's bill galekis g-a-l-e-c-k-a-s um on youtube and it's bill galekis on instagram um i don't really do facebook i have one friend that's my wife yep. and i keep it for you know, basically Facebook has become small business websites. Yeah. So exactly. that's why I have a Facebook account. But yeah, Instagram and YouTube. And uh, yeah, if you got any questions, I'm happy to answer them if, if I can. Yeah. I'll also tell you that I have no idea. <laughs> this is awesome, Bill. Really, I appreciate you coming on. This uh, was fantastic. Uh, we are going to be hearing more from you uh, throughout the off season because uh, Sean has kind of wrangled us for the the that third segment, like geek quarters type thing. So we're going to be talking about all kinds of pop culture shit in there, having some fun with it. Just a couple of anglers kind of filling their winter with BS. It's going to be fun. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> I love it, dude. Hey, you have a good one. All right, man. Tight lines. You too, Bobby. Thanks a lot. Take care, dude. Bye-bye. I shouldn't say shit before I hit record. That makes me laugh a little because by the time that music is done, I can't I can't help it. Oh, see, this is why you folks need to become jig heads so you can experience all the ridiculous shit that goes on in between these segments. We have jig heads that have been with us for the entire recording of this program so far, and it's awesome because they get to weigh in a little bit. We get to share, and sometimes we overshare. Uh and it's good, you know? I, I even got away with telling a bunch of them to shut up during one segment. They did it. They like, did it. They're amazing. I love our jig cool. heads. If you're interested in becoming a jig head, go on over to jigsandbigs.com. There's a button there that says join our Patreon. Click that son of a bitch. And uh, all you got to do, it's, it's $5 a month. We're only we're limiting, limiting it to uh, 500 members. So there's only going to be 100 slots that people can get in there for. Jump on in and join. You get access to the show. We have some exclusive jig head uh, promo code.
codes for we've got Torej eyewear in there. We've also got I think we even have a Hookset Hoodlums uh, gift uh, gift uh, what do you call it a promo code in there as well. Uh, we've got some good stuff for our jig heads, and we're actually 2023 is going to see a big bump in us trying to connect with uh, more brands and more companies and uh, and and you know grow a little bit more in that way. And and the purpose a part of that is to be able to offer our jig heads even more, you know, and that's, that's what we'd love to do. So awesome guys. Um, that interview with bill was absolutely out of this world. And, uh, I know I said in there that I was going to make a detour and hit up that fried chicken joint that he mentioned. Uh, but, uh, it it didn't happen. I I think it's got to happen soon because good Lord. And this, this, this may be a night of sequels. We obviously had our, uh, huh. We had our bitch trilogy that, that that went through FTG today. It's true, but um, we are planning right now. No, we're not going to hold ourselves to it. But we are planning. I talked with Bill. We're going to possibly do a part two of this interview over the yeah. winter months. Yep. And we're going to talk a little. We're going to get a little deeper into the nerd stuff because every time Bill and I get together, um, we're fishing, but then we're turning to each other, going, "Oh man, did you see the new episode of Andor? Oh, did you? What do you think of the MCU? What do you think of this? Lord of the Rings? This? Yeah, we're going to talk a little nerd shit. So. Those of you guys who like that stuff, you're into it, we'll, uh, you'll enjoy it. You know what might be kind of fun? We should do maybe three episodes where we have him on. Not necessarily back-to-back, but maybe we'll pick like one that we'll do in December, one in January, then one in February. And what we'll do is we'll pick like either a movie or a series or an episode or something along that to kind of like everybody goes and watches it, and then we kind of like give a review kind of like kind of like a little book club kind of like the jigs and bigs book club you know what i mean yeah we'll get to say that any creepier (laughs) we'll have a little jigs and bigs book club where we'll make little tea sandwiches and we'll discuss (laughs) fine literature we'll step on piss clams i love a piss clam (laughs) oh god the hell is wrong with us all right yeah well, uh, stay tuned for more Jigs and Bigs goodness because we got some shit that we're going to be talking about next week because we have our outing with Scott Wood, who is also a jig head. He's coming out with us to do some fishing out on the uh, right side of the state, and uh, we're going to go and do some. Uh, we're going to do. We're going to pillage a local seafood eatery. Is what we're going to do. Scott may even make it up for trivia on Friday night. We're going to find out. I know. You mentioned that. That's awesome. That'd be really, really good. I got to figure out a good bonus round to do. I'm not sure what I want to do, but I'll come up with something. Have you done a, like a, I mean, you feel free to turn my buzzer off this week, even if I go or not, but have you done any, like a fishing song playlist? I have. You have done a fishing song? Yeah, I think. Part two? Uh, it's tough to find some of those. I'd have to really like dive in. Um, some of them are, in fact, you know what? I'm going to actually call up the list and let you know what ones I've put in there before. Cause it was a good round. It, it really was. I've done a couple that were kind of fishing themed. I may have been at one. I might've, that sounds like when we were, when I was going to plan B a lot, you know, on the Tuesday night ones. So I did ocean kayak fishing. That was one of them that I had done. Uh, Remember that? That was recent. Uh, River songs. I remember doing that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Remember we used uh, Billy Joel for that. Um, In the middle of the night. That was amazing. 
missing. Uh, let's let, let me do a search real real quick here because I'm pretty sure that I have some fishing fishing parodies. Yeah, and a lot of these are all from uh, yeah fishing parody songs are in here. So I got like the name the original song from the fishing parody. Uh I actually meant just if songs about fishing. Buddy, I, forbid, you son. I, I got, got 99, 99 problems, catching fish ain't one. I got fishing poles like, like your girl got clothes. Pros that want to see my... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... I should, I should definitely play around with that, though. Maybe I can do a part two. That would be good. That would be good. Maybe I could do songs about brunch and champagne. Songs brunch about champagne. Yeah. How about songs about seafood? Doesn't Frank Frank Sinatra have one crooning about paella or some shit? Paella, uh, yeah, he might. He very well might. Songs about seafood. Songs about clams. <laughs> I'm a clam guy. It's all I do is eat clams. Gonna get some Megan Thee Stallion in there or what? <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> oh, see what I did on. there, Bobby? I do. I do see what you did there. There are a lot of country fishing, fishing songs. There definitely are. I just did country though, and man, that it's, that's, I've, you, there is no more volatile of a category than country. I go into any of these venues and I say, yeah, guys, we're doing country music. And I have like four people that are like, yes, finally. And then I've got like 80 people that are like, fuck you. <laughs> it's just, it's New England. Yep. Oh, what? All right. Well, look at you got your. I think seafood. That's my vote. I, I don't know where you're going with that, but I would. I would not turn my buzz around for, off for that. Yeah. That I. Maybe, I think I would struggle with, but it's a good category. Maybe that's a good idea. I mean, I've I've kind of been playing around with some other stuff. I will tell you this week's uh, episode or this week's uh, playlist was uh, Bobby Roast Beef mixtape, where I took a, a bunch of songs that I've just been loving for like the last six months or so, specifically like stuff that pops up in my rotation, and. Uh, I thought people were going to be screwed. I did name the artist thinking it would be a little bit easier, and it was pretty good. I will post the link because I made a Spotify playlist after the week was done. Made a Spotify playlist, and every time I do another volume, I'm just going to add to it. So people nice. can check that out, you know, and I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll share that link over on or that link, that link over on Instagram, and uh, we'll make that shit happen. But. Kick ass, man. I love it. I love it. Great show, everybody. Thank you so much, Jigheads, for being a part of it. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, also, if you could do us a solid, guys, we're really trying to make a push over at Apple Podcasts for a little bit more visibility. We could use some reviews over there. Please review, rate the show. Uh, you know, let us know what you think. I mean, we we love hearing from you guys anyway. If you have any kind of feedback, one way or the other, we're all 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 always all about that. Uh, and also keep in mind that. We have our uh, our ratings over at uh, Spotify. You can give us a star rating over there. So if you're a Spotify listener, remember, next time you're listening to the show, just go over and give us a star rating of whatever you think is, is worthy. But, you know, the more folks that we can get rating the show, I think the more visibility we'll be able to pick up. And that would be awesome because that's the goal. We want to grow this sucker. We love this show. We want it to happen. And uh, we will see you guys in seven days. Don't go too far. I am going to play a little outro music tonight that is a uh, extended mega mix of some hip-hop jams just because that's where my head is at uh, after my uh, champagne-fueled outing with my wife. And uh, we will see you guys next week with more Jigs and Bigs goodness. Sean, you got anything you want to add in? 
Can't wait to uh, do a little fishing and eat some seafood on the Cape next weekend. Uh, party on, party on, uh, sleepy tobacco at the end. I love it, guys. You have a great one. And uh, like we always say, it's an ass smoke some
Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Yeah. Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Check it out. Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Yeah. Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at?
on my Broadway people, pick it where you at? With my fellas in the bag with the carny at? With my girls who think they got it like that? All my independent women, pick it where you at? All my get money dog, pick it where you at? With my girls with the thong, they shaking it back. If you love to sing along, get holler back. If you got the fattest ass on the block, now drop. Let me niggas see the coochie pop, now drop. Do the snake, do the freak, do the wop, now drop. Yo, don't stop, don't stop. We're high, down south eyes, now drop. Waistline, five, six, seven, now drop. One time, all in together, now drop. Yo, don't stop, don't stop. He's a fucking hard, 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 hard man. He doesn't give a fuck. You guys talking about a hard man. Hard man. Hard man. Hard man. <laughs> Gross. Well, all right. We're rolling in three. Two, 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 two